Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Ordered. You know what I want to know? Because I'm listening to the Las Vegas Aces, back-to-back WNBA champions. But are the Bidens too busy and preoccupied with Israel to know? Are they considered a professional sport yet? That's two. Come on, (laughs) come on, Sleepy Joe. Tonight, we are going to talk about picks for this weekend, NFL and college edition. Of course, we're going to get it started with Get It Off My Chest. We're going to finish it with some association. Basketball is back. Check my form, though. Check my form, though. Check my form, though. (laughs) Check my form. It's terrible. I can't shoot. I can't shoot. Mr. Logical is back. I play hard. That's it. 2-5 is here. We in the building. We ready to get it started. So journey with us. Get it off my chest. Coming now. Yo. So once again, like, share, subscribe, share with your grandma, your grandpa. They like to listen to us talk. Uh, get off my chest. Our second, like I said, we just keep the segment at the end. And then we move into the forefront. A lot of it, you know, it's kind of come from things you see in your day-to-day life. <clears throat> my uh and this is something that I, I noticed. One of my favorite movies ever, Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt's character, talking to Topher Grace's character. You teach him how to play poker. And he was like, what's the first rule of poker? And the first rule of poker is leave your emotions at the door. So if you're a coach in youth sports, dog, you got to leave your emotions in your car in the parking lot and come to the field with this understanding that you are coaching a kid's game with kids playing the game. And I get it. Some of these kids are pretty big. You know, we, you know, my son's football team has some pretty solid sized kids. He's been playing football since 2016. And I remember being in pictures and, taking pictures of them when they're on the field and they're all small. Their helmets look big. Shoulder pads look crazy. Jerseys are long. Now, realist, I'm not even, like, exaggerating. His core group of kids that he's played football with since 2016, I'm going to say about 10 of them, 10 are substantially taller than me. I'm not even, like, a little bit. They're freshmen. They're 14 years old. 6'3", six, 6'1", six, my son's six foot, 5'10", 5'11". I'm only 5'9". I'm not very tall, but considering that I have pictures of you on my phone from seven years ago where you're just some little kid eating oranges at halftime, and now you have a beard, you got a mustache. So it was like, for me, I look at it through that lens. It's like, though, this is so crazy. I have a picture of like I was showing some of the parents who were like coaches. I'm like, yeah, look at this picture I took in 2017. And they're like, and they're like, and they're in the picture. Like, oh my God, I had my hair wasn't gray yet. Like, so like the growth you get from being like a youth coach, and I get that high school is a different animal, but in the same sense, you got to understand you are coaching kids. Have fun with it. These high school coaches that I've watched over the last few weeks, 
Dog, y'all are so uptight. Let loose. It's like you don't want to put the kid in that's a sophomore in the varsity game because you fear he might fumble. Well, hell, if the senior's fumbling, what do you got to lose by putting the first sophomore in? Mm -hmm. Like, just go for it. You used to be a kid. Don't you lose that youthfulness that comes along with the game you're playing. I understand the parameters. I understand what can happen. I understand that a good game with a Rutgers recruiter in the audience could get you an invite to a Rutgers camp or a great game could get you an invite to Princeton's team, whatever the case may be, a Division II school, because we have a lot of schools here in Jersey. I get that a lot can happen for the players on the field. And as a coach, you you got all that spinning around in your head. Get to the foundation of what you're doing. You have a a group of young men who want to play this gladiator sport, but ultimately it's a kid's game. Have a little fun with it. Win, lose, or draw. You could do every single thing right and still lose. The Falcons scored 28 points in the Super Bowl. They were up 28 to 3 and still lost. They played a great game. It's just when Tom Brady went on his run, they ended up losing. Tom Brady came back and played against Philly. He broke the passing record for a Super Bowl for yards and lost to Nick Foles, who probably hasn't had a consistent starting gig since then. So it's like that moment of just being happy and content with I'm playing this game. I'm playing it for all the marbles right now. Enjoy that. Do not be on the sideline losing your cool, taking your hat off, slamming your hat down, yanking kids out of the game. Just, it's a game. Treat it as such. Keep your energy right. And then the kids that are following you, because they are kids. Yes, my son's a young man. I'm, I'm grooming to be a young man. Just like uh, Coach Mike's son that's on the team with my son is a young man. And Coach Wayne and, and Coach Frenchie and all those other guys that, They've all sent their kids up through this program. Ultimately, man, it's a game. Treat it as such and have a little fun with it. Loosen it up. Have a little fun. Enjoy the fact that you are, you're going to make an impact, impact on the lives of these children. To the point, like I said, I have pictures from football games of other people's like kids from the wins, the their first football game, the first tackle, the interception, their championship year. The banquet, like these are all on my phone and they have the same things. So we send text messages back to each other every once in a while. It's like, yo, remember this game? Remember this picture? Remember this? Remember this game in the rain? Remember this game in the mud? Remember this game when it was super cold? Remember this game where we had to share hoodies? Remember this game we were all on the umbrella? It's like, that's the real thing. So like in that moment, it's a real thing. Like remember the last game in their freshman year we were talking about this? Remember their first game of their, when they were six years old, we said this? Like, it all matters. So, like, I think you just have to understand is, like, you're playing a game, loosen up, and enjoy coaching the game. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter if they win a championship when they're 14. It doesn't matter if they win a championship at 11. It doesn't matter if they win a state championship when they're 17. The time spent in between hoisting those trophies and winning those games and making those tackles, that's what matters. That's that's the piece that they're going to remember. That's what they're going to talk about. They're going to talk about that time I sacked the quarterback and he farted. I mean, like that little stuff like that is going to be the thing that they remember. It's going to it's going to bond you to the parents. 
Like I'm bonded with parents simply because our kids played on the same football team. We don't work together. We don't have anything in common. We don't hang out other than from August until November. I see this person three times a week. So understand that piece and, and loosen up. Don't make it so uptight to the point where you're making kids want to quit the sport. Mm-hmm. Where you're walking off the field because the game ends in a 14-14 tie. It's football. It is a game. Treat it as such. Teach these young men how to be bigger men, how to be older men. And you'll be surprised what you'll get out of them on the field beyond the scoreboard. You know, that makes me think. I wonder what, I wonder how South Carolina comes out this weekend, being that their coach was so mad that he broke his foot kicking something the other day, you know? So, like, it just, <laughs> it like, it is a game, but with this game comes emotions, I guess, you know? But uh, I want to focus on the other part of that state, South Carolina. Quote, we're at a point in our time, and I hate that, where people, you know, if you don't go undefeated, people say you're losers, that you're terrible, and it's such a terrible mindset. And honestly, maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon. Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Dabo Swinney. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. You just won two national titles in the last six years, you know. so. What you're talking about is college football in a nutshell. You know, we watch teams every year go 8-0, and and then they lose their one game, and people say, they're overrated. They've been exposed. This is the nature of the beast. This is what you signed up for. But while you're at it and you're throwing this pity party, woe is me, and life is so hard to be Dabo Sweeney, you know, tell that to a Minnesota fan who has not won the Big Ten since 1967. And then they shared that title at that with two other teams. Tell that to Ole Miss, where in the 31 years of the SEC championship game, they've never even played in it, let alone win it. You know, tell that to Notre Dame, who I like to call College Football University, who has not won a national title since 1988. You created the monster. You know, you came into Clemson, you brought in these recruits, and it's not even necessarily about the winning per se. You know, you brought in what? Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence back-to-back, and now look at you. You know, so fans just want a decent product on the field. They want you to do more than score 17 points at home against Wake Forest. Now, granted, props, you won the game. You know, people want you in a third and one in overtime against Florida State with your season on the line, chance to go to the ACC title game if you win down the road, to not throw a tunnel screen on third and one in overtime. They want you to have a kicker that's kicked before, that doesn't, that isn't taking his first big kick in said game against Florida State. Now, you will not do the transfer portal for whatever reason you'd like to talk about your Clemson way and all this kind of stuff. Well, let me tell you about your Clemson way. You know, I've been looking at the Virginia Cavaliers. Their only win this season 
William and Mary. Why is that important? Because their head coach was your offensive coordinator. You know, what about Jeff Scott down in South Florida? Oh, he's not in South Florida because he got fired. And who is he? Your old offensive coordinator. So I think fans just want you to put a product on the field that they can be proud of, that they can go back the last few years and say, we are Clemson. You know, Alabama don't come out here looking like y'all look. You know, and if they do, they still win. You know, uh, Ohio State, Kyle McCord ain't the best quarterback in the world. But look at them, still sitting undefeated, winning the South Bend and won. What do you have to say for yourself the last couple of seasons? Like, yeah, you won the ACC, but maybe we should lose a few. Honestly, maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon. Lighten oh, up trust the bandwagon. Me. Trust me. You lost half your bandwagon as soon as you opened your mouth Look. about Colin Kaepernick. So that's the I mean, thing. You lost Dabo. more when you lost to Duke. <laughs> so here's the key, Dabo. You coach, but don't speak. So with that, we are going into college football this weekend. And yes, it is not just because I said what I just said, but I am putting Clemson on upset alert. <laughs> Down in the Orange Bowl at Miami or at whatever it's called, Hard Rock Stadium. You know, like, sorry, Chris, my bad. You know, saying oh, yeah, like, he's going to be on it. Chris already and, on it. And, and, you know, and first of all, before we even go any further, you know what I'm saying? I'm going up to Stanford, Connecticut, or Bristol, or wherever ESPN is, and I'm going to slap the shit out the next person that refers to the Miami Dolphins as the fish. It's a fucking mammal. Woo! You know what I'm saying? My bad. Mike my bad. is on one. <laughs> my he bad. He's not, anyway, not getting paid off YouTube this week, for sure. Yo, yo upset alert. Upset alert. You know what I'm saying? So. Ole Miss at Auburn. Beware. Ole Miss should win, but remember, the head coach at Auburn, Hugh Freeze, you know, so he's going to want this game probably more than anything other than the Iron Bowl on this schedule. So I think they're going to get Auburn. He better not want this more than the Iron Bowl. He'll be iron fired. (laughs) Just for this season, man. This is the first game against Ole Miss. Any season. I don't I don't think <laughs> Auburn cares how you feel about anybody else. <laughs> you could play 11 teams, not in the SEC, and go 0 and 11. You better beat Alabama. I mean, that dude ran down there poisoning trees. It's a it's a different breed. Yeah, I poisoned them trees. Yeah, you and know, he uh, called it in and bragged about it. I mean, like yeah. you're talking about the, 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 the steel clad balls and that dude. It was bananas. I know. Rest in peace, uh, Tammy from the Fine Bomb show. You know, Hugh Freeze, I think is a good shot. Uh Auburn, Ole Miss. I mean, I love Lane Kiffin's attitude. Like I said, I love how he he is the opposite of Dabble Sweeney in regards to recruiting. And I understand Dabble as a I equate it to how I feel about hip hop. I'm an old head in regards to hip hop. I think realistically, obviously hip hop in the 80s was great, but I was a young kid. I didn't really understand like wake you up and as I stay in your face, you seem stunned. Yeah. So like I mean, I was uh, you know, cruising the six and my six foot. You know, I get all of that. Like I was really big into hip hop, but I remember when I really locked into the thing that I loved about hip hop, it was like mob deep. 
Queens. It was Mob Deep, Nas, then Jay. Like that was like my hot, like you know how I, I locked into hip hop. And I'm like, I'm pretty staunch on how I feel about hip hop that's come out recently. Dabo was pretty staunch in his position on the transfer portal, but that's because I believe he he's buying into the BS associated with the transfer portal versus what a coach like Dion said about the transfer portal, which is basically I want to recruit the best player that I can get. But if I have a player that's 18 out of high school or I got a kid that's 20 out of some insert miscellaneous school, and I know he's been in a college program for a year, maybe two, I know he knows two more years of college football life versus the high school kid. He's like, it's not me not wanting to recruit the high school guy, but it's like, I already know that this guy has done it for two years and I can go to those coaches. I can, I can see his progress from 18 to 20 and get him on my team. So that was looking at it like, Oh, it's just a matter of because people feel like players don't like coaches. So they transfer or they're not getting the time, so they transfer. So you're looking at through the lens. It might be something as simple as we got five quarterbacks. I can't if I'm quarterback four or five, and I'm a sophomore, I can't play. So what? I think Lane Kiffin's kind of adopted this idea that I'm gonna get the best players in here that I can. I'm not sure how Auburn's recruiting goes, but they normally tend to be pretty pretty solid because, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, they, they tend to get a lot of players in. Well, I um, think that – I'm going to ride with Lane Kiffin on this one, though. I think that Dabo is that old school, I don't like that players are getting paid and I can't control them. That's what I think it boils down to for Dabo. But he's getting $11 million. He it's is, like, but, but, but it's about you... control. It's about control. It's the reason why people like Roy Williams stepped away because they didn't like where the game was going. You know, because back in the day – you held a player's career and life in your hands. You literally could give him a list of schools you couldn't go to. Like, look yeah. that up. I know people have noticed this before. If I was, like right now, I live in Jersey. That's Big Ten, Rutgers. I'm a Rutgers coach. I got a kid that wants to transfer. He wants to go to Michigan. I can Back in the day, I could say, you can't go to any Big Ten school mm-hmm. and for this reason, Big East school. And I can be vindictive with it because it's not really a strategy. Because it's not as if you play a bunch of these schools. It's not like you, it's not like you're losing twelve players and they're all going to schools in your conference, right? So if I know you're from Jersey, you just want an opportunity to play. I'm like, you can't go to any ACC school or any Big Ten school. All right. So if you're here, where are you going? I mean, you go to Cincinnati, you go to Akron. If you want to be close to Jersey. Well, if I if you're not going to Big Ten or ACC school, like where are you going to go? And that, in turn, it probably made a lot of kids not transfer after that information. Like you know, I'll just I'll just stay here and I'll be the fourth string running back or fifth string running back or sixth wide receiver. Well, if I remember correctly, Dabo said something around the whole Kaepernick time when he was running his mouth. He said something along the lines of like. Like if football goes a certain place, he doesn't know how long he'll be around and all that kind. Of, like I think a lot of these dudes just partially got off on the control as well, you know. But yeah. um, 
but but also back to the upset alert. Off we go into the wild blue yonder. Commander in chief time, Navy, Air Force and Navy this weekend. Both of them starting backup quarterbacks. So you know we'll see how that goes. You know we know how it's gonna go. We know how it's gonna go. Well, I mean, yeah, Air Force is going to win, but I'm still putting it on Damn upset right. alert. I don't you care. Know, I, they could have get John Elway to come play for the Navy. And 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 while Air Force is still gonna win. And and while we were talking about the Iron Bowl, don't forget it's the third Saturday in October. So therefore, Alabama, yeah. you are on upset alert. You know, last week I saw you go up twenty four to six on Arkansas, and then I saw Jalen Milrow start the second half one for nine, and by the time I like brushed my teeth and like got my biscuit. It was 24 to 21. Yeah, you text me like, oh, man, the game's about to end. Uh, Shout out to Nick Saban for low-key recruiting K.J. Jefferson. I don't know how many years he has left for eligibility. I think this is it. Maybe it is. You know what K.J. Jefferson is? He's a gnat on a fly's ass or whatever Nick Saban He was like, I think he he messed (laughs) up. You know, like that. the the Jake goes on with George Bush (laughs) said, Fool, fool, fool me, fool me, fool me once, fool, fool me, twi- fool, fool, fool me, can't fool me again. Uh, <laughs> Nick Saban has someone. Basically, he was trying to say that KJ Jefferson was so strong that he essentially disregarded a free blitzing, <laughs> top flight Alabama college yeah. Division yeah. One quarterback. He shook him off. I looked at the replay. I'm surprised the ref didn't blow the whistle. Maybe they saw, like, that he was actually still pushing them off. It looked like a in the grass kind of situation. Yeah. But Nick Saban said on something like he he he's, he swat him like a like a fly. He's like like a fly on a gnat's ass. Nat gnats on a fly ass. And yeah. then he said, like a gnat on a like a gnat on a dog's ass. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Something like that. Like he, yeah. he finally, he finally got it right to yeah. where the yeah. the size, you know, it made sense. You know, yeah, the simile made sense. But I immediately text Mike. <laughs> I'm like, uh, transfer portal because Dion does that to you. A lot of coaches do that when they praise other players post game or they talk to them. If you got a year of eligibility left and you got some anxiety. You can use it as a medical excuse to transfer to Alabama from uh, Arkansas, but that's neither here nor there. I think I, I think uh, what Alabama is experiencing this year is that I think Nick Saban's a smart coach, and what I think he'll do is, hey, offense, don't kill us. I'm gonna I'm gonna work with this defense. I'm gonna get other guys involved in this defense. I'm going to work on a scheme that was is going to create a situation where I'm going to get the ball back for the offense with 40 yards to go for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I'm going to press. I'm going to blitz. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to work the defense because he probably thought because that we use that the USF game where he put the two backup quarterbacks in. Rumor had that maybe Milrow has some kind of disciplinary reason why he didn't play. That's neither here nor there. But he's like, you know what? I think- I'm gonna just bolster my defense. I think bolster my defense. I think they got a chance. You know, um, they're at home, right? No, it's at Bama. It's at Bama. Yeah, 
Um, you know, uh, we'll get back to that in a second. Let me so 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 uh upset alert BYU over Texas Tech. You know, I'm thinking I'm feeling that, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not picking it, but I, I think it could is a good chance that it could happen for actual upsets that I think are gonna happen. You know, give me Illinois over Wisconsin. You know, Tanner Mordecai, he's out, you know, Wisconsin with the six burger against Iowa last week. You know, give me you've been trying oh. to get you're trying to get Wisconsin a loss for the last few weeks. Well, no, I actually got with I had Wisconsin winning the division. And you know, I had Ohio, I had Wisconsin beating Ohio State at the start of the season, but you know, like you always say, you gotta have integrity and you know, admit that you're wrong about a team and Pick you know, and it, just is what, it. it just it is what it is, you know, but I'm also going to take uh, Minnesota in that 31 and a half point over under. I'm going to take Minnesota over Iowa. You know, don't make me regret it, Golden Gophers. I know it's been quite some time. Uh, 31 and a half. That's (laughs) 14 possessions in a football game. Realistically, (laughs) seven per team. And you can't get 32 points. Maybe they're gonna run the ball. Both of them gonna run the ball. You know, it's supposed to be like 21 mile an hour wins or something like that. You know, uh, you know, we got uh I got Oklahoma State over West Virginia, you know, and then you know, I was tempted. I said I was tempted. Tempted. What we got, tempted. what we got. You go with the Nittany Lions. But then I was like, nah. At Penn State? No, no, it's at it's at Ohio State. So Ohio uh, State. Yeah. And uh James Franklin for the record is one and eight against Ohio State. You know, um, you know, Ohio State's getting the cavalry back. You know, ninety million dollar contract, nine hundred million dollars, something and like he's that. One and eight against Ohio State. Yeah, I think he's something like total against Ohio State and Michigan, it's like four and fourteen or something like that. You know, um, but yeah, so um, uh stand crawl with those questions when you said <laughs> the question I don't from even the know reporter, what you're saying. Yeah, you're the speaking question from the reporter was simple. <laughs> do you think I I don't want I'm paraphrasing? You think essentially you think it'd be beneficial for your quarterback to just take a for shot you, for you to call a play and your quarterback to drop back and take the shot deep. And I think in a conversation, maybe not publicly. With James Franklin, if he was one of his, if he was someone who's on his his board of directors, he would understand that question a little better. But I think he might have heard it and then interpreted it as uh, as a reporter saying, "You only dink and dunk." But what he was saying is like, "Do you think it'd be beneficial to put your team in a position where you're getting a one on one matchup and you just let it fly?" Well, they're gonna need to do that this weekend. I tell you that. You know what I mean? Because you uh, can't play tight. You can't play. You can't play like that with talented teams. Ohio State's team is probably more talented. Probably more four and five star recruits. Well, on their roster. The thing that I do like is that Penn State probably has the best secondary that Ohio State's going to play this year. Um, they they do get Ibuka back. You know, he missed the Purdue game last week. You know, Travion Henderson is trending towards coming back. Mayan Williams is trending towards towards coming back. So they should have their best two running backs back, Ohio State and um, Ibuka at wide receiver. So they're going to get the Calvary back just in time. Penn State is second nationally in scoring defense. They only give up eight points a game and they're second in turnover margin. That's this tough. is the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem. They've played Iowa. They've played UMass. 
don't you know what I'm saying? They played Delaware. Don't score a lot of points. You know, so like the West Virginia win looks a little bit better than we thought coming into the season. So give them credit for that. But outside of that, I just don't see it. So normally we do this thing where it's easy to pick the team. Like when Oklahoma played Texas, a lot of people picked Texas because they looked at Oklahoma's schedule and saw that Oklahoma didn't play anybody. Correct. You know what I mean? You know, and, and that was a lot of the reason. That was part of the reason why I picked Texas. But when I look at Penn State, They've played nobody because even when you look at their Big Ten games, they played Iowa and Northwestern. So, you know, I truly don't know if they've been tested. Now, like I said, I like their secondary. Their secondary should be able to hold up okay against Ohio State. But I feel like JTT, and I'm only calling him that because I ain't even going to attempt to say his last name, you know, saying defensive end for Ohio State. I think he's going to take Penn State's offensive line and give them the Uncle Phil to jazz. Ah! Just throw them across the field, you know. So, you know, like that's what's going to happen. Ohio State's going to shove it down their throat. I do think it's going to be – I do think it's going to be a close game. You know, I'm not saying that Ohio State's going to whoop them or anything like that. The over-under is 45, you know. So I can see them getting close to it, like 24 to 20, something along those lines. You know, last year was a big – you know, Penn State had the 10-point lead in the third quarter. We thought it was going to happen. And then JTT took over, and, you know, I expect a lot of the same. So I'm going with Ohio State. I like that. I like the uh, I like the big matchups. It's one of the things I applaud about. I, I know the conference realignment, and we, we talked about this before, but that Penn State, Ohio State's not really a rivalry. But it's an expected big matchup, especially middle of the year. Because Penn State, like I said, they're probably one of the top recruiting schools in the Big Ten. Obviously, Ohio State's number one. But you get the matchup, you get the um, like the way they play when they're playing at home. They play a big stadium, so I don't think going into Columbus is gonna surprise them because when they play in Happy Valley, it's same thing: hundred thousand people, white out, loud noises. They're prime time teams. They have NFL legends that come to the game. So I, I don't think the moment is going to be too big for the Ohio State. I'm going to take them because they're at home. Like I said, I've been doing terrible with these picks. So I figured <laughs> instead of ignoring like all of the elements that make that would make you pick a team, like it's like, oh, one team runs the ball better. One team plays tough for defense. One team has a better defensive player. One team has a more experienced quarterback. One team's at home. To me, those that's enough information to say, you know what, I'm just going to take the team that fits that mold. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. The over-under of 45, it's tough because in college football games, especially when you're, you know, you're the, the rival team on the road, it can go sideways pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, you'll be down 14-0. Trying to make a play, tip pass, interception. Eight, you know, so I think the forty-five points is tough, uh, but I would definitely take the over on that. Mm-hmm. And then taking it down to Tuscaloosa, you know, Hendon Hooker is not walking through that door. Jalen Hyatt is not walking through that door, but Tennessee does have Jalen Wright. Averaging 7.1 yards a carry. They have Jabari Small averaging 5.5 yards a carry. They have Dylan Sampson averaging 6.1 yards a carry. So Alabama going to get a healthy dose of football in their stomach. Now, 
The key here to this game, which surprises me, is that I never would have said this before the season started. But Alabama might have the better quarterback. So that's the scary part. The problem is over is Milton that, or the backup. Yeah, over Milton. And, and, you know, just I think Milton should be better, but he just hasn't been playing good, you know, for the most part. He throws the ball very, very hard. Not a lot of touch. It just right. doesn't seem like a lot of command from the pocket of the position. I and think that it's sounds a like a big six to me. Athleticism, <laughs> size, and strength. Yeah. Getting you over the hump. But what you really need is that Chad Pennington kind of arm where it's like, listen, get it out of here. Dirt car just did. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm gonna play behind you. You know, uh, but yeah, like like I said, I like uh, I like the matchup. I'm picking Alabama because I picked against them a couple weeks ago, and granted, they weren't dominant over Ole Miss. But when I watch, when I was watching the game, and I was thinking about my pick, I was thinking to myself, what made me pick? this team to beat Alabama. And I I can see myself sitting around. Saturday comes around. I'm chilling, watching TV. And Tennessee gives me that same feeling of, like, they did not – they don't look like a team that could beat Alabama. Well, it's funny that you say that because now that I think about it, the game may resemble when they played Ole Miss. You know, I think it could be the same type of game where Tennessee might get out to like a 10-7 lead late into the second quarter, getting close to halftime, and then Bama just breaks off something to take the momentum, at, you know, going into halftime and just kind of do the boa constrictor in the second half and just, Correct. you know, yeah, you just, just give them that Cobra clutch, you know. But both, <laughs> teams, but, but both teams, you know, Bama's number 10 and yards given up per game. Tennessee's eleven. So Tennessee's defense is every bit as good as Alabama's. You know, uh, when it comes to yards per carry, as far as giving it up, uh, Tennessee, 2.98, Alabama, 3. So it's going to be a point to go very evenly matched. So when when you have a team that's very evenly matched, a lot of it comes down to game planning and execution. That information comes from head coach matriculating out through the coaching staff onto the players. Right. Nick Saban is probably not a coach that tends to mince words or give you guidance that's going to put you in an incorrect position. Like I'll use the example of Bill Belichick. Super Bowl, it was 28-3. New England climbed their way back. Atlanta had to punt the ball. Belichick walks out, gets Edelman's attention, and says, no matter what you do, just fair catch it. But that kind of having that that thought process is to think if you fair catch it and you catch it with 20 seconds left, I could potentially get two to three plays off. Even if it's a deep shot, you can still get it because these guys are fast. You know, these guys are running four, three, four, five, forties. You get a deep corner route. You're letting the ball go at three seconds into his route. So. I think some of these, some of these coaches kind of have that that cachet, and I, I continue to give it to them until it falls apart. Jimbo Fisher won a national championship, and if I was picking in the the cup the subsequent years from his national championship with the talent that he has, I probably would have picked him a lot lot more often. But because he doesn't 
his talent level doesn't translate to wins. Well, the other other thing is... Whereas I can always pick Nick Saban because he matches his talent level and his wins. Well, the other thing is Alabama doesn't lose very often, but they damn sure don't lose to the same team twice in a row very often. So, you know, that's going to be a tall task too, you know. It was a false start last year. Or bring it up every time you talk about it. The kicker was a false start in the kicker. Look at the video. And then we're going to go to Tallahassee, you know, a place that's close to my heart, you know, where the Seminoles are 21-0 and against Duke all time. You know, Riley Leonard, is he going to play? You know, uh, he warmed up last week. He did the cam rising. You know, he was doing his stretches and everything, and he never came in the game. You know, Henry, uh, Bell, I think it's Bellin came in uh, in relief. He went four for 12, 107 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And NC State, you know, was was one of my upsets last week. You know, they uh, they didn't do the job. Duke won 24 to three. But my takeaway from that game was Duke scored on a 69-yard touchdown pass and an 83-yard touchdown run. And outside of that, they were completely ineffective. Now, to be fair... There was some rain going on, you know, that was going on. So you got to score those first touchdowns. You can score a third and fourth one. That's true. That's true. But now you got to come into Tallahassee, you know, late night. We've been expecting this four or 13 and a half point spread. Last time I saw it, I think it's jumped up to 14 and a half now. So basically that tells me that well, that tells me like it, it, it makes me think. Not that I'm a betting, you know, aficionado or anything like that. I am. But it makes, but, it makes, it, but I'll bet it. But it makes me think that Riley Leonard is not playing, or at least somebody thinks that he's not playing for it to be a 14 and a half point spread. I was thinking maybe like 10 or 11, you know, so like seven and that six and a half or seven and a half is always a good number. Sorry. Yeah. Just... Yeah. You know, but Jordan Travis still doesn't look like Jordan Travis. You know, he still hasn't had that moment how he looked against LSU late in the game you know like I think the shoulder's still bothering him you know and he's been playing a lot of dangerous games like he's been playing like yo go do the Randy Moss you know and not necessarily taking what's across the middle or you know underneath sometimes he's going for the kill shot it reminds me a lot of Donovan McNabb you know when he had Deshaun Jackson like he would just get sacked and it was because he was waiting for Deshaun to get open. I'm waiting for this three and a half second route to open up at the top. Yeah. Yeah. And and so he's been, and then when it, he hasn't been running a lot. So, you know, um, but I, I think that Florida State pulls it off. You know, I think that Duke might just be a little bit overmatched. I can't believe the Jaguars didn't get that, you know, but um, I just saw they didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't like the play call. Yeah. So 24 to like 16, uh, Jacksonville. Just went for it on fourth down. You know, we got about 729 left. So New Orleans got to make their move because they might only get the ball back once after this drive. So, Come but, on, but you Florida. Know, Come but on, yeah, Florida. But I'm taking Florida State, you know, uh, to win this game. You know, and then we got the big one out in L.A. You know, uh, we got the Utah Utes going into the Coliseum to see if they can win three in a row over Troj Angeles, as I like to call them. So, yeah, that's tough. So Utah, 
you know, look, I didn't gave up. Cam Rise is probably not coming back this season, right? I, I can't imagine he can. He tore his ACL in, in January. <laughs> January. People keep yeah. telling us this. He keeps it. warming up. He keeps warming up and people are – because Kyle Willingham doesn't – Kyle Willingham does the Belichick. He doesn't tell you things. Oh, so yeah. we see, So we see him warm up. I rock up. with Kyle Willingham for that. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Probably, that's one of my favorite aspects of any person is that if I'm talking publicly – you all don't need information. If you if you talk to me in a one on one thing, right? And okay, I'm with it. But like, I like it. So here, Cam Rising, the Cam Rising, he he tore his ACL in January at the Rose Bowl. It is October. He hasn't had any contact. I don't know why this there's this this glaring expectation that he's going to come back this year. I, I I'd be surprised. Similar to Aaron Rodgers throwing passes at the Jets game with no crutches out there. You know, his Achilles tear tendon. I mean, here's a terrible. question for you. You know, I'm not a pop quiz, just a question about the game. So, uh, obviously, USC is coming off the loss to Notre Dame. Notre Dame held them to 20. Utah is fifth in the nation. They only give up 12.2 points per game. But we Sounds also, right. but we also know that with these quarterbacks. Utah's offense isn't exactly humming. So how many points does Utah need to win this game? And can they get it? Mm, realistically, realistically, as I think about it. I say they need at least 27. And I was thinking 27 because the reason I was thinking 27 is defensively the linebacking core and the safety core of Utah can handle the quick passes. I think after the week that USC had against Notre Dame, I could imagine them implementing a lot of quick passes, screens, because Caleb Williams has a lot of arm angles where he just catches the ball, throws it underneath. I didn't see much of that in that second half against Notre Dame. What I saw was a lot of dropbacks and hoping somebody gets open. But if I know that's all you're going to do, I'm just going to sit back in his zone. And if the guy, if it's cover three and the guy runs with me, then it becomes man at that point. Uh, so just seeing that is makes me think like they got to get the quick passing game involved. And if that's the case, Utah players aren't normally quick. They get a lot of transfer players, Texas, California, Utah. Somewhere in the Midwest, and then they recruit a lot of players from Texas. I and get that that's what they that. do. No, nope, don't say anything. Uh, so when you when you have that, I think you got a shot. Mm-hmm. And and that's all you really need. Just when you're playing poker, all you need is a chip in a chair. Yeah. So I was thinking 27, but I don't think Utah can get there. You know, even as bad as USC's defense is. Let's see if he's inbounds. Let's no. see one. There's no way. There's no way he got inbounds. I just saw the. I just saw the actual play because right now you're in replay mode. Yeah. Unless he got his knee down on that f- initial foot drag. See, I don't know. His knee got down, but 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 the first ball, knee ball, hit ball, the first ball, knee ball, hit the ball, ball, too. Ball, 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 ball. So I say, I say they gave it to him. Yeah, yeah. His right. shin, his shin and knee are, are counts as two feet. And we got a tied game, y'all. My bad, but anyway, 
Um, you know, it took the Saints about 51 seconds to score right there. So 638 left in the game, 24-24 in the Superdome. You know, I think uh, it's called the little Little Caesars. No, no, no. Superdome. The Caesars uh oh Caesars Palace. Yeah, yeah. Caesars Palace Dome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, it was I'm, Mercedes-Benz Dome for a couple of years concurrently right. with the stadium in Atlanta. Well, so yeah. Well, for me, it's still going to be the House of Horrors. House but, of Horrors. Uh, yeah. But but I think but I think we're that well, uh, we're well aware of that, Michael. Yeah, you know, but I, but I think but I think that uh, we're we're just in a place where Utah is not going to be able to generate enough offense. They should be able to run the ball on USC. You know, this is going to be a contrast because in the last three games. They averaged 44 points against USC. Obviously, last year, 43 to 42, Cam rising with the two-point conversion late in the game. In the Pac-12 title game, USC jumped out 17 to 3, and then Caleb got shooken up, and Utah came back and put it on him. Yeah, he so, was hobbled in that. He was hobbled yeah. in that game. So, like, yeah. So, I'm interested. Him. I'm interested. But here's some quick notes real quick. You know, so, like I said, I got uh, Minnesota over Iowa. But, you know, are they, Iowa – are they matching the over-under? <laughs> Are they beating the over-under? 31 and a half. What you got? Go. No, no, no. 20 to 13. Under. 20 to 13. Okay. Oh, no, that is over. Oh, no, that's under. Yeah, 20. No, that is over. No, that's over. That's over. There you go. So they're going over. 20 to 13. Okay. <laughs> See, I got to get my math right. I got to get my math right. But the last 20 to 7. So Iowa's favorite by three and a half. The last four times that they've played Minnesota in Kinnick Stadium, They've won by 5.2 points. So this sounds about right there, close game, best rivalry in sports as far as like the trophy, Floyd of Rosedale, you know, the pig. You know, that's my favorite uh, item. But uh, also, news, news and notes, we got Dylan Gabriel, Heisman candidate, quarterback, Oklahoma, going up against team. his former team, you know, coached by Gus Malzahn. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's going to be interesting. You know, um, Oregon uh, – Oregon and Wazoo, you know, Wazoo coming off the 44 to 6 beatdown. That, that seems suffered. like a game that Oregon will potentially lose their focus because they've been in big, some big primetime games. The game against Colorado, even though they dominated, was a highly, there's a lot of eyes on that game. Uh-huh. And then last week with Washington with the Heisman front runner doing his thing out there freestyling on the sideline when they're down points. I mean, you talk about cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. I think watch, I think Washington State has an opportunity to catch Oregon off guard early. Mm-hmm. Touchdown on your first possession, create a turnover, turn into a touchdown, put Oregon, put Oregon on their heels. So well, well last year in Pullman. Well, last year in Pullman, you know, it took a last-minute touchdown. The Palouse. Yeah, the Palouse for the Ducks to get up out of there. You know, we got a game that only 2-5 cares about. Here we go. The Texas Longhorns going over to Houston to play the Cougars. Why is this game? Well, that, that's a big game. I like that game. Yeah, why, why is that important to 2-5? Because ever since the Southwest Conference broke up, they've only played three times. They've the last time was in 2002. Um, the three well, the thing that's not good for Houston, I guess, the three games that they played after the Southwest Conference, they lost by a combined 142 to 27. You know, but uh, this is a big deal, you know, like Houston's been saying for years that 
They've been trying to get Texas on the schedule. They've been trying to get A&M on the schedule, and they won't play them. Well, it's the opportunity. Here it is. Batter up. You know, it's time to show and prove. You know, Ole Miss, we talked about that. Upset alert. Ole Miss has not won in Jordan-Hare Stadium since 2015. You know, so just keep that in the back of your nugget. And then yeah. and then LSU, final note, LSU playing against the United States Military Academy this weekend. You know, Brian Kelly, 13-2 and two against service academies. So, you know, obviously Army's not going to be throwing the ball. So LSU's defense should be fine. They exclusively but, run the ball. But we will see. You know, I saw Army in person this year. Rains, you know, hell, sickness, and health. They run that ball. Yeah, I saw I saw Army in person this year. You know, saying they got they got some nice players. You know, for a military academy. But on that note, we're going to turn the page and we're going to go at NFL Week Seven. You know, we got this game right here that started off slow. I talked to, I texted Mister Logical and told him, "Quote, Dirt Car's fucking done." You know, unquote. And then here he is down here leading drives in 51 seconds and three plays to get back into the game. So he plays, he plays ugly, not in a negative way, but he doesn't play cute. It doesn't have to look cute. Some of these guys that hold on to the ball too long is because they're worried about it looking cute. Derek is like, let me get this rock out of my hand. Let me get it to tomorrow. Let me get it to Michael Thomas. Let me get to Alave. Let me get it to these playmakers. Even though he had playmakers, granted, he had. Josh Jacobs, he had Waller, and he had Devontae Adams. Adams last year in uh oh you know Las Vegas, but he also had Josh McDaniels. I'm not saying it's a real big upgrade with Dennis Allen, but we know that Josh McDaniels does deliberately try to put himself in a position where he is. I'm not playing, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know. So, what stands out to Mister Logical about Week Seven in the NFL? Oh man, it just. All right, let me let me let me ask you a different question. Actually, while yeah, hold we on. At it, while we at it, what game was the hardest for you to pick this week? Realistically, Baltimore Detroit was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Atlanta Tampa Bay was hard. Okay. Yeah, like I said, just you know, like I said, recap. Detroit, Baltimore, it's a tough game. This is arbitrary to say, but potential Super Bowl preview. I love saying that about AFC, NFC teams because it is technically it's like one of those things you could just say. Yeah, with um, my MVP playing. Yo, I think Jared, I think Jared Goff is just crucially, crucially underrated mm-hmm. considering the clout that other quarterbacks get for making it to a Super Bowl. Not even getting their team there, but like just being the starting quarterback on a Super Bowl team. For him to have done that and then basically be sent away to Detroit because he might have sent a couple suggested text messages about his head coach's fiance now wife. I get it. Um, at least rumor has it. Well, I well, you know, uh, that yet. well, you know, the times that we live in now, we don't do nuance or complexities. So, not you at know, all. not so, even so, a little bit. People don't so, get into the minutiae at all. They yeah, so use now, words like minutiae or nuance. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so now that so now that Tom Brady's gone, 
Bill Belichick's like severely overrated, you know, like uh, the Rams won the Super Bowl with Stafford. So therefore, like golf is like, you know, a mediocre quarterback. You know, that's just where we live nowadays. It's just because like shout out to Black Adam. He always mentions that we need to either apply context to our conversation or use it in your in our arguments. Often he doesn't always do it. Well, well, like I always tell him, well, I always tell him, and don't be a victim out there, y'all. There's a thin line between context and an excuse. Correct. And it's all about how you portray it. Um, I, I like Lamar. I think Lamar Jackson is, I think the thing I like about Lamar the most is he isn't your quintessential standard NFL quarterback. But he, but having him as your starter, it 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 it's still. If you saw another kid that played like Lamar in the draft, you can get him, because Lamar doesn't make you shy away from having that type of quarterback. But if you if you think about like Kyler Murray, I know Kyler Murray got drafted. And I was like, why is they drafting this five, eight and a half, five, nine quarterback number one overall? And then Bryce Young got drafted. It's like you want them to be Drew Brees, and it's not the case. That's not that's not how it works. Uh, but I like the Detroit Baltimore matchup. Baltimore's not scoring enough points, and they're not they're not scoring them with uh it's not fluid. It's like a it's it's not Get the ball, get your touchdown, get the ball again. It looks like they didn't goal, switch offensive coordinators. <laughs> get the ball again, get your – you know, it's like I use a team like Atlanta. Atlanta probably – they scored – they scored over 20 points in a handful of these games. Right? They played six games, obviously. But they get the ball in the first quarter. Give, give me a quick touchdown. Give me the three or four minute drive with the big chunk play early in your scripted plays. Your that that 15 to 20 plays that coaches script out. One of those plays needs to be a chunk play or it needs to result in a chunk play. I don't want you to draw it up saying, oh, this post route is definitively gonna be our 40-yard chunk play. But you gotta have at least one play in that 15 that you set it up to where it's gonna be a chunk play, and maybe you get a quick touchdown, three minutes, 42 second drive, six or seven plays, touchdown. If you don't get that, and then you're just kind of methodically trying to just play tough defense like New England does, hope you get the ball back. There's going to be a corner that gets out of position that gives up a touchdown. There's going to be a situation where you get a defensive holding penalty. There's going to be a pass interference. There's going to be just the guard on the other team is going to pull to get a couple good blocks, and then the running back's going to hit you 17, 18 yards. You're smirking and you didn't react, so I'm, I'm waiting to see what happened. Okay. Yeah, that's what I like to see. Good that's job, Mike. Happened. Way to keep your composure. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, you know, you got to see, like I said, Atlanta, Tampa Bay is tough because I want to pick my team. I just. Los and um Las Vegas, Chicago is also tough. 
I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is throughout the week. I don't know something that hurts him on Tuesday prevents him from playing on Sunday. Well, it sounds like he's not playing because remember he hurt his back and had to go to the hospital. But he hurt his back getting knocked down backwards. It wasn't like he got bent up awkwardly. He got like yeah. hit going forward and he fell backwards. Yeah, the latest the latest I saw, it was don't expect him to play. So, and of course, Justin Fields isn't playing. So, you know, backup court. Brian Hoyer is back at it, I guess. So, Brian I mean, here, like, so I took the Raiders. I took the Raiders. And just to go back, I took this is my feeling game of the week because, you know, don't bring feelings to a fact fight. Fact fight correct, I, correct. I, ended, I ended up taking Baltimore. Um, I just think that they're a team that deals with adversity. So, like, they just, you know, when you when you don't expect from Baltimore, that's when they shock you, you know. And Detroit, I think, is in that lane where they're starting to get a little too much fanfare i'm not sure if they're getting that much considering that if san Fran, if philly doesn't if philly runs a clock out against the jets and san francisco makes that field goal no one's talking about detroit on monday that's probably true so i'm not sure if it, it's a difference between is like the first couple of weeks with Dallas. Remember with Dallas? Because even I was arguing that Dallas should be in your top three. Yeah, and I had to tell you, three. slow down. <laughs> I want trying to hear it. I'm Speedy Gonzalez on it. I mean, Andale, Andale. I mean, so, but then after the, and I picked them in my M- elimination league and they yeah. lost Arizona. Yeah. So I had to sit back and think. But it was a lot of people who weren't really on the Dallas bandwagon. And I think there's, People I've heard a lot. I want to say people. I've heard multiple times through uh, on different pundits that I watch through between Rich Eisen, uh, First Things First, uh, Colin Cowherd, that Detroit could be the best team in the NFC. You know, armchair quarterback stuff like that. Hey, they're top ten in offense and defense. You know, and Jared Goff needs to get his flowers. But once again, we're six games into the season. But there's only two other teams. Top 10 in offense and uh, defense. Who are they? Top 10, NFC or AFC? One they're, both, they're both in the NFC. You can't be Philly in San Francisco. It is Philly in San Francisco. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I guess they're all 5-1. It all makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, But I think the toughest game for me was Steelers and Rams. You know, like, I like the Steelers. They're coming off the bye. You know, they're 12 and four under Mike Tomlin after a bye, but they're three and seven in their last 10 Pacific Coast games. You know, um, I also think that I like their defense. You know, Kyron Williams is out for the Rams. So, you know, who's going to be the running back? Then for two, that just means that Stafford's going to throw more. And if they become one dimensional, Pittsburgh's the wrong Stafford's defense. Stafford's going to throw about 46 to 49 passes. Yeah. So game. I like Pittsburgh in that matchup, you know. Um, but I'm not like when I first looked at it, it was just, it took me like a day to make that pick. I wanted to pick the Chargers over Kansas City. But then when I looked at it, I talked about it on Tuesday. You know, who gave the Chargers Monday night football? And then send them to Arrowhead with the Chiefs coming off of 10 days rest. So, but what shocked me about Kansas City when I went through my numbers and, you know, all that good stuff 
Hold up, I gotta find it so I can make sure I say it right. Uh, they're second. The Chiefs are second in scoring defense, and oh, they're yeah. they're sixth against the pass. You know, the, they're the Chiefs secondary started. The Chiefs defense started more rookies in meaningful minutes last, last year than any other yeah. team in the NFL. So those guys are still out there, and they're all out there on rookie paychecks. Mm-hmm. So they yep. didn't lose anyone in the offseason because they're all very young. And they still got year. incentive to play well. Incentive to play well because they got 15. Because they try to get paid. Well, I mean, they like, try to get paid, get, yeah. and they got 15. So it was like, if we bend but don't break, he's going to make a way for us. And if he wins, my bank account and my grandma wins because I'm buying her a house with this check that the Chiefs are going to give me. Because <laughs> when we we're back-to-back Super Bowl champions or we or we host, as Nick Wright says, the uh, AFC Invitational there you go. at Arrowhead. So I, I just think that the way they play – Granted, Kansas City does. They have to find a way or they have to create a way or find a way or do something to where one of their wide receivers is definitively a number one amongst the group, not necessarily amongst the league. I don't need you to be – I don't need you to come out and be better than A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, anything like that. I just need you to be the number one guy here. They re-signed McCall Hartman. I wish he just would just watch some old Tyreek Hill film and say, oh, I can run that route. I could do that. I can do that. I can shift my hips at the 12-yard point of this route and then come across the field because I'm pretty pretty sure they're both like 4-3 guys, like 4-3-6, 4-3-8, somewhere in that range. So if he can if he can get that and then coming back and realizing the grass wasn't greener on the other side when he went to the to the Jets, I think that'd be huge for them. But, but also, hey, beware of the Chargers. You know, uh, the last three times that the Chiefs have beat tr- them, I just don't trust the Chargers. The, the last three times the Chiefs have beat them, it's been inside a touchdown. So you know they've been right yeah, there. But that's the same thing we talked about with the Minnesota Vikings last year, winning like eleven one possession games. Well, no, but I'm talking like, about the reverse. Like, like you would think that LA has to win one of these games at some point against Kansas City. But the same thing, you thought Minnesota was was going to lose because we were talking about it as it as well. They have they're one of five or something like that. This like year, <laughs> this year, but it was like we were talking about it last year. It was like. I just I don't I don't trust that the coach I don't think that the coach could look at the quarterback in a crucial situation down for 24-20 fourth quarter four and a half minutes up not not super critical but like not a good time to make a mistake mm-hmm. I don't know if they're on the same page to success so so, so Brandon, I think Justin Herbert is talented, but I just don't know that a timeout or incomplete pass or change of possession when they get the ball back there. I don't know if they have the the use a corporate term the synergy to to make these wins happen. It's just some 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 guys have and some guys don't, and I don't. I'm not sure if the Chargers, Herbert, Staley. I don't know if they have it. 
So, so that's why it's tough for me to pick them. So, so speaking of Staley, over under three and a half fourth down attempts this game. Plan the Chiefs. What, what, what are we talking now? Because realistically, inside well, he'll the, go for it. He'll go for it from anywhere. <laughs> he doesn't uh, care. Like like he'll go for it. He'll go for for three it and a half. Own. You give me you know, three and a half over under. No, I just said three. Just three. Three. Yeah. Because three and a half just sounds like a lot, you know. Now three and a half is the three and a half is the bet because you don't lose at three. Right. Right. So three and a half over under over under fourth downs. <laughs> I love the serious thought you're putting into this because I'm I'm because I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking about the the game. I don't know if it was it wasn't last season. It was the one where Kelsey caught the touchdown of overtime, and it and I I want to say that they kept going for it inside the five when they should have taken field goals a couple of times. I don't know if they were up. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember what the circumstances were, but I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> like, you're killing me. How we both got Amazon, and I'm here. Just, I'm closer to the major city. No, just watch this. Just watch this, because I'm. A, I'm gonna talk now. Just watch it. Okay. All right. So, so. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm. I'm listening to you, but I'm watching this third and goal play. <laughs> well, we're just gonna. We're just gonna go. Uh, <laughs> We're just gonna. Well, I was just gonna go rapid fire, you know, so we could go get our NBA thing off real quick. But uh, so so, just six five for no reason. Yeah, you have no defense there. (laughs) Uh, Did he see thirty coming down with his left eye? He had to see thirty, like so when he turned. Oh, you got nothing. You're not even look. Yeah. Oh, the fourth down is even better. Watch the fourth down. So um. Yeah, I was just going to go down my list of picks here. You let me know where you agree and disagree. You know what I'm saying? So I got uh, – I'm taking the Steelers over – I'm taking the Steelers over the Rams, like I said. You know, uh, you good with that? You taking the Rams? I got the Rams. I know okay. I shouldn't pick against Tomlin, but I'm just going to go because I think okay. Taff is going to throw the ball more. All right, I'm taking the Raiders over the Bears. I got the Bears. All right, I'm taking the Browns over the Colts. Teams. Okay. Um, you know, of course, uh Josh or Josh, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, you know, is opting for se- season surgery. So it's Gardner, it's the Gardner Minshew show all the rest of the way, provided nothing happens to him. Deshaun Watson should be back this week. Uh, I got obviously I don't need to say, but I got Buffalo over New England, even though I think New England might give him a tough game because Buffalo I seems don't to think so. I don't know if New England, I don't think New England between the ears. Yeah, I don't think New England believes. Mm. I don't That's think okay. Belichick believes in Mac Jones, and I don't think Mac Jones believes in his offense because he said something at the at the uh, at his press post game press conference. I think we talked about this on Tuesday. I'm trying to bring these guys with right, me. right, 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 right. I don't, I don't like that verbiage. And I'm, if I'm if I'm an offensive guard or if I'm an old school veteran tight end, I heard that too. Oh, uh, he about to get rocked, huh? Not nah, so. just like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, I, I, I just think I think the belief is going to be gone. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, tell me, tell me why, tell me why. I have the quarterback that has been sacked more than any other quarterback in the league. 
going up against a team that has less sacks than any other team in the league, that hasn't scored an offensive touchdown in the first half this season. It only really has six touchdowns on the season, and one of those is a defensive touchdown that they had against Miami. So yeah, why the Washington. hell am I scared of the Giants? Is it, I'm is picking it just, Washington. I'm picking Washington too, but is it just Chicago residue? I'm just, I'm just nervous. No, because realistically, Brian, I don't think Brian Dable, I think he's a good offensive coordinator that will look, work great with an offensive or with the, with the head coach. I think he'd be great in Pittsburgh. Uh-oh. I think he'd be great with Belichick. But I'm not sure that the team constructed around Daniel Jones. You get it. If I got a forty million dollar quarterback, I need a twenty million dollar wide receiver. They don't have one. Okay. They got Waller, but Waller just double covered because they don't have a twenty million dollar wide receiver. Right, right. Yeah. You know, um, I know we reversed on this one because I, well, I reversed, I should say, because the other day I was talking about Detroit, but I ended up picking Baltimore, and I, know I you took Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Detroit is also number one against the run. So, like, I have no logical reason to pick the Ravens, I admit. Well, they had that game against Atlanta where Atlanta got nothing. So, that probably helps them. All right. I got Seattle over Arizona. Got it. I got Josh Dobbs. Looks like he's in over his head. I'm taking Green Bay in their 28th ranked rush defense to beat the I'm going to take Denver because I – I, I have faith in Russell Wilson. Shout out to, you know, 804 Virginia. Well, I just think Denver's getting ready for the fire sale. So, you know. <laughs> it's I saw something today that Pat Sertain and the Philadelphia Eagles yeah, are like. Smoke. I'm like, dog, why would you do that? There's some smoke, you know. Why, um, what would you, if you, even if you got a first round pick from Philly, it's going to be 26. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm trading them to Carolina. I trade them to Carolina in a heartbeat. I mean, come on over to Washington. Because I'm getting know? two. I'm going to get two if I trade them to Carolina. Come on over to Washington. Um, you know, uh, I got Kansas City over the Chargers. We talked about that. I got uh, the Falcons over Tampa. I got Tampa over the Falcons. Okay, okay. I have no, I have, like, I'm living limited faith because I don't think that – I don't think the Falcons put anything on the film that makes a defensive coordinator say – we got to do anything differently. Well, I think the problem is is that Tampa is 29th in rushing because they don't rush the ball, and they're 29th in attempts too. So if they if they come up to Atlanta one dimensional, you know Calais Campbell and those as you said the other day, putting the ears back. You know, I think Riddler is going to make some Ritter the, yeah. <laughs> the Riddler the Riddler. I think I don't think Riddler is going to make some plays with his legs. You know, but that's um, the thing. I don't think Atlanta puts Atlanta doesn't put. Like, cause I was talking to you, like we were texting while I was driving, and I used as a conversation the other day. I ha- I put my I have my I get my little cup holders with my cell phone, and I had the game on because it was on a uh, CBS Paramount. Shout out to Paramount Plus. So I had the I had the phone there. So I'm driving, and I'm doing this long drive out west through Pennsylvania. It's a pretty straight drive, so I can glance down at my phone without you know being worried about crack. danger. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked down. Atlanta was in the pistol formation with, uh, I think, Bijan Robinson was standing behind Desmond Ritter. And then the fullback was to the right 
between the guard and the tackle. Mm-hmm. I look down at it as I'm driving. I'm like, here we go again. First down, they're going to run to the right. Ball snap, ran to the right. Another play <laughs> sequence where that same formation that had Tyler Jir in the game, they had uh, Smith, the fullback. He's on the left side between the left guard and left tackle. Same pistol formation. I look down like this is run to the left, and they ran it. And I'm like, if I'm a fan, I don't have any defensive coordinator experience. I don't have film. I don't. I don't have it chopped up. I don't have math math and your tendencies. But if I can look down and see, oh, this formation is when they run to the right. This formation when they run to the left on first down. The dude in the booth has it, and that's why I picked Tampa Bay over Atlanta because. Okay. You can look at the last six games and be like, they don't do anything different. Well, Tampa is second in turnover margin. So, you know, uh, we saw Ritter put the ball in danger last week. Man, he was out there so, like it was like an <laughs> Easter egg hunt. You know, um, Sunday night, you know, I have no idea who's actually going to win this game, but I went with Philly over the Dolphins. I got Miami because I think Miami has the firepower. They definitely do. They definitely do. To get you two touchdown drives off a quick place. Well, I I just think that Philly's pressure is going to get the Tua, you know. um, Yeah, all throughout the course of the game. But I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a bad bad sequence by Philly can turn into points for Miami two times. And then it's a back and forth battle, whatever the case may be. But I I think Philly can. I think Philly can be susceptible two times to big to big chunk plays that turn into touchdowns. You know my favorite part of the game? The number one, the number one Russian defense. I mean, the number one Russian offense against the number two Russian offense. You know, so let's get it popping. And then Monday night, I'm taking San Francisco over Denver. Or I'm sorry, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Same team. Same team. (laughs) You know, the, the, the crazy shit is it's like how we were all we, I think last week, because I was watching the score highlights, like I said, I was driving, I was getting score highlights or getting text messages from you. And I was like, you and I were so sure that San Francisco was going to beat Cleveland. We didn't yeah. give it 15 seconds. Well, yeah. I mean, I you just literally saw said, Walker. We, was- we, we, we both know San Francisco is going to beat Cleveland. We agree on that. I'm like, good. And we went on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully we didn't do that this week, but... I'm pretty sure we did at least one of these games. <laughs> one of these games is going to be like, man, you know we should have picked the other one, right? It's probably, for me, it's going to be the Pittsburgh-LA game. <laughs> Pittsburgh's going to mess around and win 24-10. to 10, And I'm going to be like, why did I bet against Tomlin again? But... Yeah. As, I, as you asked that question, I look at my uh, NBA playoff predictions here. And I don't know if I did the right thing by not having Utah in it. Utah's going to be in it because Utah will bounce past you to death and get layups. Well, I Utah's, think Utah, Utah's going to win the games 102, 99. I think they Utah doesn't 12 want games to be like that. I think Utah doesn't want to be in it. I think Danny Ainge wants another lottery pick. For what, though? You know, we talked they, about this post draft. None because of these we, guys really move the needle. If you're well, that's the point. Two, well, that's the point. Is that like? Well, I mean, to some degree, is that like? Look, you, like like I always say, right? Atlanta Hawks. You either trying to win the championship, or you trying to get pieces 
to become a contender. Utah is in neither place right now. They're not a contender, and they're not. So they're still along the rebuilding path. Yeah, but I think the with that being said, it's very clear that the rebuilding path. I want to say the rebuild. The path to success mm-hmm. for NBA teams is not built through draft picks and or players. Mm-hmm. It's built through getting lucky on a draft pick and then getting uh, encouraging the correct relationship with the free agent. Right. Because the Clippers – the Clippers were no free agent coming to Utah. <laughs> the, Matt Barnes, I, I was watching an interview with Matt Barnes. He was like, it's just boring. It's just boring to an NBA player. I love going to Salt Lake. I love Utah. I love Park City. I love flying in and seeing the mountains and going snowboarding and playing golf. But I am a plus 40-year-old born man who likes IPAs. That's why I started drinking these, you know, seven, eight <laughs> percent beers. But if I'm an NBA star, there's if I'm a young NBA star 22 to 26, it's not much for the like the is as far as options. Mm-hmm. The city isn't built around entertaining people my age demographic. Whereas a t- city like New York, LA Vegas, Houston, Miami, New Orleans, they have things that are built into their party packages, I guess, for lack of a better word, that cater to that age group. Utah has none of that. Right. As far as like the amount, like you might have one or two clubs in Utah that you as an NBA player, if you're 24, 25, you go get bottles or whatever. But they're they're not by name. If you go to, if you're in L.A., if you're a Clipper or a Laker or something like that, if you, even if you're a, if you get drafted in Sacramento or Golden State, there's like places you can go to where it's like, this is live. Your record could be one in twenty five, but the city in and of itself is just gonna is gonna cater to you as far as your entertainment. Yeah, leave it up to us to talk about the Jazz for the first. You know, five minutes of this. <laughs> Yo, I, 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 I like what the Jazz do. And, like, shout out to Colin Cowherd. He talked about this a couple of years ago. I think this was when it was, like, it was a couple of years in a row where there was going to be some bigger free agency. It was post-Kevin Durant. I think it was maybe around a Kyrie town. So it might have been, like, a couple of summers ago. But he was like, the NBA messed up to where they sold you on this idea that getting a lottery pick was going to turn your team around. The problem is, if you get a lottery pick, it's only because you lost a lot of games. <laughs> and either you get Stan Van Gundy got one year with Zion Williamson. Yeah. Stan Van Gundy is a NBA championship quality coach. He's been to the finals before Pat Riley removed him from the bench to took over to get D Wade and Shaq and, and Gary Payton. The championship, he only got one year. Nick Nurse won a championship in Toronto a few years ago, and you and I had this conversation about, oh man, that was years ago. Dog, it wasn't that many years ago. It was like four. It was, a, it was the last president. 
<laughs> we had a president and then we had an election and we had a new one. So it wasn't like it was a substantial period ago. So what you have in the NBA is that you you can't build. You can't build because the guy that's there to build, the, you and I, you're a head coach, you hired me as assistant. Now we are the we're the head coaching staff of the New Orleans Pelicans. How many years are we getting before we win or lose a game? What's the window that you think people are already given? Two years. Two years. Maybe someone says four. Realistically, you're about two and a half. Like you're fired by the all-star game after two seasons. And that depends on how you look after the end of the two seasons. And that's not even predicated on like if your star plays. Right. Because they'll say your star didn't play, your star didn't come back healthy because you didn't prepare him. So we need to get a new voice in here. And that's what these bad teams do. So when it comes to the NBA, if you didn't get a big free agent this summer, or if you didn't make a big trade, I don't know what to do. Like Denver seems to be like an anomaly, but Denver fortunately has Jokic, Jamal Murray, and they, you know, they they drafted a couple of young guys. Granted, they lost Bruce Brown. They were talking about how uh, some G, one of the GM quoted quoted him saying, you know, quoted saying basically he went there for the money and whatever to get. Yeah, because you guys aren't going to keep him around, so he might as well get his money. Yeah, he said Peyton Watson going to do everything better than Bruce Brown did. Which is, Bruce, yeah, Bruce Brown. Yeah. Bruce Brown. Which, I, kept, which I kept wanting to say Bruce Bowen. <laughs> yeah, so, but you don't have a team. You don't have teams that keep guys like Bruce Brown, Mono Ginobili, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Boris Diaw, Kawhi Leonard. Like, those guys don't stick together long enough. You don't give Popovich, you don't give a coach like Popovich you know, all these extra years, you you lose them. Frank Vogel lost won a championship in October 2020 and was fired last season before the season started. Yep. And now he's and, back. And now he's back. So it's just it, so hold on. So let's start there because I know you've been talking down about these here Phoenix Suns. I'm not I'm just not sold on a lack of depth for it's October. The season kicks off. Regular season kicks off for the end of Tuesday. the month. Tuesday. Yeah, while the, we record, actually. The final playoff. The final playoff spots are going to be locked in, definitively locked in, in April. Right. I'm going to be done with my master's degree before the season ends. That's a long time between now. and in April. The issue that I have with Phoenix is that if Kevin Durant misses any time, it's eight games. Because it's going to be the he could be back in four, but we don't want to rush it. We'll bring him back in eight to ten. Hey, Bradley Beal's going to miss eighty games. Yeah. He doesn't play the 82 games. So if Kevin Durant misses games 25 to 35. Booker, for some reason, keeps ending up with these hamstrings. Shout out. Get your shots ready, Chris. Soft tissue injuries. He 
misses yes. games 18 to 27. And then Bradley Bill misses games 40 to 47. And then you got to work in the scheduled off games because I know the whole 65 game rule for these for these awards, but Kevin Durant already has an MVP. He already has two finals MVPs and two he has scoring titles and has two championships. I'm not sure if he's going to be ultra concerned with winning or being all NBA because his contract is $200 million. I don't know what the incentives could be to like, oh, you should really play these six more games. So you got to factor in like those scheduled games that they're going to be off. I just don't see them collectively as a unit, Booker, Beal, KD playing 60 games. So that's why I got that's why I have my prediction as 37 and 45. I know it comes off as like disrespectful, and maybe I, I could be off, but if they go 37 and 23 and there are 60 games that they play together, that's a still a pretty good season. I don't think they're gonna get that. I don't I'm not sure if all three of them are gonna play 60 games together. Uh, I ended up with them as a four seed, you know, because like, you know, they just got the firepower and you can't teach that. So, yeah, you're right, though, as far as. You can't do none of right, that when all them dudes on the sideline with Nappy yeah. Harris and Balenciaga hoodies. No, but but like like the question, of course, is, you know, is Devin Booker basically going to be the point guard? They're all going to miss 12 games. You know, and, minimum. I mean, I could see that, and 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 you know, uh, but but you and know, I just generous, you know, but I do like you know. So this was I was confused on why they gave up Aiton because he didn't want to be there. No, he no, I know, I know, there. no, I know, but like, I just I don't know if Nurkic is the replacement that you want, you know, because he he stays forty eight games. Yeah, I was gonna say he gets hurt too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll see. You know, um. But yeah, so uh, what what other teams stand out to you? You know, like uh, like what like what's up with James Harden? He going? Uh, I, I guess he's going to be there for opening night. I don't know. I don't know what's up with James Harden, but also in the same sense, I don't know. I don't like a situation where the team has all the leverage, so I can't even. I can't. I don't know what the player's motivation is going to be if he's simply trying to. You're trying to wiggle your way out, and the team has all the leverage. Mm -hmm. And it's the it'd be essentially the third time you've done this in the last four seasons, give or take, between Houston and then being in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. the trade mm -hmm. last year, and then so it's like you aside from the the quote unquote playoff failures. I'm not gonna say like a guy playing his heart out getting to the fate and just run out to gas. So the playoff failures, the strip club party goer persona that has been, you know, bestowed upon you, and then this this quitter dynamic that people that they're trying to frame around him is like it's hard to argue against that with the amount of evidence that he has, coupled with the fact that he came out publicly and said, I think my GM, who used to be your guy, he was your guy in Houston. So that shit, man. So it's like, it's like you and I doing this show, and then in a year, I got a different partner. So you got a different partner, 
and I'm just bashing you. Like, yo, Mike was whack. He was only doing numbers that I was sending him, and he was making it sense with his research. And it's like, even if you it doesn't bother you that much, the fact that I'm saying it publicly is like, yo, this dude really doesn't rock with me. So how do we come back and say, listen, man, I'm getting rid of my partner. You get rid of yours. Let's rekindle sports reports as ordered. You're like, I mean, I could, but you publicly say you don't really rock with me. And I don't know if Darren Mori is in a situation where he's he has a pass. It's like that Rob Asala pass where like Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Mm-hmm. So I got this year to just kind of just everyone plays hard and I get another free year. It might be the same thing because he might he might end up moving in B. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'll, that's what just like, I was about to say. Like, because he already just, made the whole like Philly he or made anywhere the else statement, Philly or anywhere else, and he's worth. I mean, if you call Sacramento, oh, you, you know a, the you know the Bakker is gonna be all over that. The Knicks will give you Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson and Josh. I know you're not big fans, but I think Embiid. I don't know what the money looks like for a lot of these players. And I'm not sure. Like, I think it'd be, we're calling him be a $50 million, $40 million guy. So I think you can make moves if you're there more. You're like, I got to get rid of James. Because you can play hardball until you end up 2-8. and eight, And then your star that's playing doesn't want to be there. And the star that you paid isn't playing. And you have to just, you have to just leave the and ego in the parking just lot. sitting there like, am I going to get paid or what? Am I gonna get paid if I and if, <laughs> and if you're not gonna pay these dudes, if you're not gonna treat these dudes, dudes the MVP, which in hindsight probably shouldn't have won. <laughs> uh so I think Philly, I think Philly's in a tough spot because this this they don't have any solidarity. I think Boston's in a good spot. Uh-huh. But the problem with Boston is that they're in such a good spot that it also kind of allows us as people who are supporting Boston to just be like, you know what, man, maybe next year. And that's, and I think that's because there's no villain. Even, even though the coach tries to play a villain, we look at him like a fraudulent, uh, like playground bully. He's he, he, he a good boy trying to be bad. Yeah, just like come on, dog. We we know your grandma, we know your mom, we know your dad. He, he, will, he will Smith trying to be Pac. Yeah, I mean your dad's a dentist, your mom's a nurse. I mean your sister's an elementary school teacher. We know you, dog. You're not tough. Like but just coach your team, and, and and you know, like that's that's the kind of demeanor I think that we have. So I don't think people pay pay the East anymore. I think Miami is in a, is always in a good position because I got Spo. I like Jimmy Butler. I like Who's his energy. The- do you have any teams, either conference, do you have any teams making the playoffs that weren't in the playoffs? Or even if it's just the play-in, do you have anybody? Oh, the play-in? I mean, the problem is like 67% of the league makes the play-in. So like, there's I no know. real surprise. I'm going to say there's going to be some teams that Portland's going to be bad. I think Orlando still is going to be like, they're not going to be that good. Uh, I'm putting Orlando in the play-in. But I think the East I, I is also prime teams are gonna fall out. I think OKC might be one of those teams that fall out. Ooh, okay. and not, not because, the hype. Okay, not because it's just when you have when you have all these guys that are together, and they were all kind of like 
it's like the five heartbeats. Everybody was all good. And then Eddie King stepped out and was like, I'm nobody, the man. Can't nobody sign like Eddie King. Hey, nice like this. And I mean, so that can be <laughs> SBA. So if people don't, if if the other players don't run with that, because it's going to be some young guys in contract years. You got Chat Hoffman trying to come back to, to yeah. prove himself. So if they don't say, if they don't do the D-Wade thing where they say, yo, dog, you the leader, we go where you go. If that's not a conversation that happens in August, September, October time frame, like before the season really gets going, it could be tough because they're young guys with egos. I, well, I want I want to root for Detroit. I do, but I just I do don't. Too. I just I just, I just don't understand how they keep drafting the same six foot eight and under team. That's my problem with Detroit. When I did my little show the other day about, you know, my questions going into the season, for me, Detroit has the ability. But I could see Detroit starting out something like 3-10 and 10 because they have to figure out what's Cade Cunningham, what is he, how does him and Ivy met, mesh together. You're trying to fit a Sar Thompson into that. And Who then can play the one, the two, the three, and yeah. if they all if they can't play one, two, and three together, who can play the two off the bench? Who will play the one off the bench? Because you have Kate Cunningham as a point guard, he's yeah. a six eight. Right. Ivy is six three, six four, but, but he's, he's a two a, guard. Yeah, he's a two guard. And then but he should be the point like, guard because he's only six four. And then yeah. the Sar is six six seven. And I don't know if he shoots well, he but he's not big enough to play the three. He, he's he's basically uh young philadelphia to me and and i've heard other people make this statement too so i don't want to make it sound like it was my original thought but basically he's like young andre iguodala back in philly you know that's his ceiling just like an athlete scrapping yeah, gets yeah. To the ball, and i will tell you after watching smart. his twin after watching his twin last night in person in Houston. you know i'm sitting there like bruh like you just can't shoot. Like you know, like you when you go to an NBA game, even if it's a college game, everybody's hitting shots during warmups. The like warm everybody, the, the 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 dude, the dudes doing the pregame, the little guys in their suits, and with the net behind them, the ball's going through twelve times in a row from all. Yeah, angles. like he was literally like going like three for ten in warmups. Like you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? And, and he's super athletic, but. He just looks passive, like he's not comfortable yet, you know. Um, like I mean, the, it was preseason. Like Brandon Miller face that I talked yeah, about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it's weird, though, because, like, well, it was something that I picked up on. Um, shout out to Kristen, Kristen Peak over at Yahoo. She's been covering the Twins since they were, like, 15, 16 years old. And, you know, she was having a conversation um, on her pre-draft. And she was stating that, like, everybody thinks, like, as far as, like, the basketball people, they think that Amin is the one. Like, if anybody's going to be a star, it's going to be him because of, Detroit. like, his passing ability. No, the one in Houston. In Houston, it's gonna okay. It's going to be him because of his passing ability. But he's and, on the wrong and, team to showcase that. And, right, and his explosiveness. But Asar is, like, the – he's the scorer, though. You know what I mean? So like when when they but speak, he can't shoot. You're right, right, right. But when you listen to them speak, Asar is the like. I can't wait to play against this player, like you know, like Paul George or something. I can't wait to play against him because I've been watching him 
and I want to see how I hold up to him. Like he's that guy. So I think personality wise, but it's the same thing that you just said. Asar is probably on the wrong team too. You know, so like, and, and that's the problem with the and, and that's the problem with the NBA is that they they won't get time. They won't be able to go twenty. Neither one of those teams will be able to go twenty and sixty-two and figure it out. Even though, if we analytically broke it down, like if you and I turned these cameras off and sat down and we spent our normal three or four hours having this conversation and broke it down to to our our knowledge, like we're not scouts, you know, we are just fans of the game and we've been fans of the game for years and we, we like to use our brains to, to kind of break down how the game goes. We can break down probably every single team and say. If this team goes 20 and 62, it's the best case scenario for them. Well, if I'm, signing, if I'm signing your check, I'm not looking at 20 and 62 as your best case scenario. But Houston, they gave all that money to Dylan Brooks. They gave a bunch of money to Fred and Fleet. They had, granted, because of behavior issues, they're going to lose Kevin Porter Jr. They made a trade to Oladipo. Oladipo, I don't know. Is he the new Al Horford, the new John Wall, where you just kind of move him around and move his money around, whatever the case may be? But you, we know that these teams, a lot of these teams, there's going to be a few that are going to go, like I said, 20 to 62, 27 to 55, somewhere in that range. But if I'm an owner, and this is something I was thinking about earlier, and I'll bring it up here in a second after I finish this thought, I don't want you to come to me and tell me that 27 and 55 year was a rebuild year and I think we're going to be able to turn it around next year. I don't have that leverage. And the reason being, because I was thinking about this when I was driving home, think about the Falcons. Arthur Smith has owned the Falcons for a better part of like probably 20 years, give or take, 20, 2002, 2001, like so over 20 years. If he were to sell that team, he probably could sell them for the Broncos went for what four and a half billion. Mm-hmm. What did the red what did the, the, the commanders go for? Six. Six point two, I believe. Six point two. Atlanta's a very similar economy. So I imagine that the Falcons could go for about we'll go five point eight to five to six point five. Whoever buys that is probably some tech guy or some guy or some group of people got their money differently. So they're not going to give you four five, six years to get it together. They want instant results. They want instant results because the money that they earned is probably, they earned it over the last 10 years, 10 or 12 yeah, years. And they've been, yeah. They were successful out the gate. A lot out of the gate. They got their, not necessarily, but they got their tech company or communication company or internet company, <laughs> uh, you know, a hedge fund, whatever the case may be. So they, they know like, oh, I put a billion dollars into this and my evaluation when we went, our IPO went public, it was $3.2 billion. Now I'm taking that money, I'm buying this team. I need this team to be successful because analytically this is going to be the case. And I think that's with basketball. So you put all these players together and it's like, it might not work. The Houston combination of players might not work. It's not a lot of teams. Christian Wood was out there, six foot 11, 6'10", 6'11", can defend, can shoot. Wasn't on a team until the Lakers signed him. Mm-hmm. So you're putting teams together 
that can't compete with the team that just won a championship in Denver. Well, I got and they uh, also can't compete with other teams, and they're gonna end up losing. And, and then you're gonna maybe get a lottery pick. That lottery pick, there's not a lot of six foot eleven lottery picks because no one wants a six foot eleven guy because a six foot eleven guy can't stretch the if he can't stretch the floor, I don't want him on my team. So it's just it's well, such a I'm gonna bad, take a flyer. I'm gonna take a flyer and I'm gonna put the Rockets in the play in and take New Orleans out. And then in the east, I'm putting Indiana and Orlando in and taking out Chicago and Toronto. But the rest of the playoff teams the same. Chicago with DeRozan. I think that I think I think they're gonna make a trade midseason. I think that they're still gonna be like, I don't know, like what the trade deadlines right before the all-star break. So before or right after. I think it's I don't know, but 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 like I think basically when you make no the trade deadline when you make the trade deadline, there's usually about 21 to 25 games left. So let's just say at that point you've played 55 games. We'll yeah, the all-star break you normally like 30 and 25. You're at you're yeah. at 50 games. So you got 30. Yeah. We'll call it. We'll say you got thirty games post All Star break to make your your deal. Thirty games. Yeah. So so if I see the Bulls, you know, if we're going sixty games, I can see the Bulls like twenty eight and thirty two, where like they're like right there because the East is a little weaker than the West is, so they're not out of the playoff race by any means. You know, but at the same time, it's like how many times are we just going to keep running the hamster running on the wheel. You know, like we've been together for how many years now? They had DeRozan and Who did you move DeRozan or well, I would think Levine. I would think Levine has. I would. I would move both if it were me. But I would think that Levine has more value. You know, he's younger. You know, unless it's somebody like I mean, I don't want to say the Lakers, but you know, unless it's somebody that feels that they're DeRozan away. The current Laker roster that I saw that we put that someone posted in our group. They they are definitely gonna make a move. There's no there's no way that the 12 dudes that I saw on that meme that we posted in our group they're gonna be like they had Cam Reddish, which you know, rumor has it he's a, he's supposed to be uh, a shooter. Or it's supposed to be a shooter. You scorer. know, like Ray Jean calls him the shooter that can't shoot. He he's supposed to be so much to handle. Anthony Edwards talked about. It. I don't know if you saw that video, the meme where like it was him yeah. and a bunch of guys, and it was like, Oh, yeah, Cam Reddish gave me 50. He's like not just well, me, but he, he well, gave coming us. Coming out of college, team. well, coming out of college, his comparison was T Mac. I but I haven't seen the T Mac. I haven't seen flashes of it. You know what I mean? Not even uh, a little bit. You know they got Gabe Vincent. You know, like he's a decent shooter. You know, but I just don't like that they lost Schroeder. Like he was like the one dude that they had that could bother Jamal Murray. You yeah, know, on the, defense. The, the analogy that I use, and I was I was kind of proud of it. I hope other people like it too. <laughs> I was like, uh, the starting lineup, you know, like if you if you're trying to prepare to go somewhere, like you're trying to catch a flight, you want you want you're catching a flight from where you live to like Vegas. You want to look good on a flight, so when you land in Vegas, you look good. The starting lineup is like a suit, real nice, nice luggage, all the pieces. You got LeBron, you got AD, your Louis. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got your, you got your Louis on you, and you're good to go. But the bench is like you after you get to your hotel room. 
You just checked in. You just took all it off. Now you just chilling in shorts. Well, sounds a lot like Phoenix. So like you can still like you you still can go in public. I can go. I can wear my you know my nice suit. Fly into Vegas. Check into my hotel room. Change <laughs> to my sweats to go gamble. I'm still publicly acceptable, but I yeah. don't look as good as I did when I checked into the room. It's the same thing with with like I say you say about Phoenix. The same thing with Houston because Houston has the the fly free agents oh man look at this money we spent the free agency but then when it breaks down it's like but we still got these knucklehead dudes on the team i.e the dude that literally got arrested and traded and kicked off the team is probably gonna be out of the league before the end of this month what are we gonna do with that you know so that's that's how i feel about the lakers i like i said i, lo- I love lebron um I think AD's talent is, you know, above par. I just don't know what combination you put on the floor that keeps the points rolling while this guy who's almost 40 gets a break and another guy who has recently not been able to stay healthy. How does he get a break? Like, where where do you get that from? So people people look at, like, oh, Cam Reddish and – and Vanderbilt, they paid Austin Reeves, and they got Gabe Vincent. Yeah, but neither, no, not one guy on your bench can give you the best of what LeBron gives you. Like if LeBron gives you eight rebounds, there's not a guy on the bench that gives you eight. If AD can get you, if AD gives you twenty four points, there's not a guy on the bench that plays his position that gets you twelve. I mean, technically, Christian Wood could. But they just but he's not gonna be a big he's a not gonna part be of the called offense. upon. Yeah, right, he's not gonna right, be called right. upon to get you 12 to 14. So it's always gonna be the well, I like the Jackson of, Hayes pickup too. But what what does Jackson Hayes I mean, he, do? He's not gonna get you points, but you know, he'll he'll hold down the defense, you know, be the but anchor. Can you down play low. Jackson Hayes and, and Christian Wood, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, and Vanderbilt? Your, Not if you want to score. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So but there's two sides minutes, of the ball. You know, there's two sides of the how ball. Many, how many minutes can you rest? And it's the same thing in Phoenix. You talk about the DeAndre Ayton deal. I don't know why Frank Vogel just didn't come in and say, listen, yo, KD, you can, you can get us Kevin Durant realistically because I'm not doing off a percentage, just the fact that he's such a matchup nightmare. Right. Week in and week out. The playoffs is tough because he normally gets the same guy on him the whole time and he has to figure it out. And I get it. It happens to the best of players. I mean, hell, once Orlando figured out that Delonte West and Mo Williams could guard Petrus and Turkaloo, they started killing him. But week in and week out, you day in game in and game out, Kevin Durant, like, listen, man. We'll give you 14 shots. Mm-hmm. You're going to get fouled. So we give you 14 shots, about eight free throws. You can get us. He can get you 26 points off of that. Mm-hmm. Bradley Bill, good off the dribble, good in transition, good size, very confident. He can get you points. Devin Booker, great in the mid-range. So those guys collectively could get you 60, so 20, 48, about 72 points on a good night. The problem is, do they all need rest at the same time? 
And if Aiton was there, could you just say, you know what, Booker, give me 22 points. Beal, you give me 20. KD, you give me 26. And then have Aiton be the focal point that gets you 22 to 24. Because there's not a lot of seven-footers in the league. So if you get him at the rim, I don't know how good of a free throw shooter he is, but you get him at the rim, get him some points, keep him engaged. I think the I think Monty Williams just basically just told him, I don't want to get you points. I want you to get it off the rim. Mm-hmm. That's why he was an 18 to 10 guy. But if you tell him I'm gonna give you points, he might be a 24 and 13 guy because he'll go for that extra rebound. Those Chris Boss numbers. He'll try to get he'll try to get you that extra rebound to get those points. But when they moved him, it was like, I mean, that's tough. But I mean, Portland got Portland made a move. I dig it. I think Portland's going to be a little bit better than people think. You know, um, you know, they got DeAndre Ayton, they got Robert Williams. You know, provided he can stay healthy. You know, I think Shaden Sharp takes a leap this year. You know, Anthony Anthony Simon is going to get a little bit more shine, and we'll see if Scoot can be what they say he is. You know, we can uh, see if if Chauncey can Chauncey coach. Yeah, this is it. Can this is your chance. He, like, like he, they should can, be. He has talent. If if Scoot can be half of what the hype was, they should hover around. You know, the eight seed. You know, uh, I mean, I, I don't think they will, but I'm just saying that they should. So, so what's up with Milwaukee? You all in on Milwaukee? I'm not all in, but I do like the fact they didn't have to give up. They didn't have to give up a Carmelo's ransom to get Dame. I think that was I think that was huge because that's that was the the expectation that I thought was going to be the case was they were going to have to give up a lot to get yeah. Dame any team. I yeah. thought I thought Miami was going to have to re-sign Struess and Vincent and then package him with Tyler Hero and maybe Bam to get. Dame Lillard and maybe another guy out of Portland because make all the money match. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna See, be. A I crazy think that was movie. the problem was that they didn't want to come off a of Bam. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like a one like one team, like a two team deal, and it was gonna they're gonna lose a lot. I think losing Drew Holiday is tough, but with that being said, you can get a guy or have a guy on your team that only plays defense. Because Drew was your point guard, he kind of set things up. But a lot of the point guard action just essentially was a facilitator to make sure Giannis got the ball in his spots. Yeah, because Giannis, I mean, controlled the ball a lot as well. Controlled the ball a lot. So, you know, so if you're yeah. the point guard, technically the point guard, you're guarding either the other team's point guard that can handle the ball or you're guarding the two, switching on to the three. So with Dane being there, I'm not sure of a, how much of a defensive upgrade he is. Um, like as far as from Drew Holiday, he isn't. But if you bring in a guy who simply plays defense, not necessarily these guys, but like a Tony Allen, mm-hmm. an Avery Bradley, a Dylan Brooks, a guy that just simply comes in like a real, let's say, quote unquote, three and D guy, then Dame will get you to 30 points, whereas Drew was getting you 20 something. And then this other guy gives you nothing but defense and maybe gets you eight points off of like putbacks and layups. And yeah, and I mean like they that. had they lost Grayson Allen in that deal too, you know, who did a little bit of that. But they picked up uh your guy, uh Malik Beasley, 
you know, so they, they have he another shooter. got relegated to the bench and yeah. um, shots stopped falling, you know, so make a miss league and he wasn't making them. I mean, as soon as Larson left, so did his shot. There you go. You know, Virginia <laughs> was like, yeah. And now he got cut, you know, but, but, but there you go, you know. Um, so, you know, so let's go in the East. Uh, so what's your top four in the East? Top four in the East. I'm going to go Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Cleveland. Okay. I, got I think I think I think Cleveland's intact. I think I think continuity. I think continuity counts. I think forty-five and thirty-seven gets you a four seed in the East. Yeah, I got uh, I got Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Philly as my top four. Um, I think the what, Knicks. What can, I think the Knicks can swoop in simply because I think that that continuity because it it is discombobulation <laughs> in the East. At the yeah. teams that were your perennial, the Heat lost a couple of players, and they don't. Re- the Heat don't replace firepower. They're like the basketball firepower. version of the Patriots or something. You know, they like just this. ride or die with the philosophy, yeah. right? But as soon as shout out to Dabo, as soon as Jimmy Butler jams his toe and he has to miss four games, now you're giving up 117 points a game for those four games because. You lost one player because your philosophy is centric, centered around just the structure and not really the talent. All right, so like Duncan your... Robinson for those years where he wasn't getting any run. I'm like, why is Duncan Robinson not getting in the game? Yeah, because you know, he didn't play any defense. Man, fuck that. Let him shoot. <laughs> so who you, who you got as your top four in the West? Top four in the West. I'm gonna keep it simple. Denver. I like Denver. Uh, I like Memphis. I think I think they'll be all right with Derrick Rose and that the 25 games is tough. Yeah. 25 yeah. games is tough. Yeah, I got uh, them. Like Sacramento. So I got we'll Denver, Denver Sacramento, Memphis, Dallas. Dallas, he says. Okay. Dallas, yeah. Yeah, I got uh Denver, Sacramento. And then I struggled from there because I was like, what do I do now? Because you know, there's so uh, many question marks, like yeah. you said, you said you had Denver one, yeah, Denver one, Sacramento two, because Golden then, State's old. Yeah, I got Golden State at five. I got they're old, so you maybe you they know, maybe they go fifty and thirty two and get you to three. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna drink the wine and I'm gonna take Phoenix. You Phoenix know. has, like I said, Phoenix. Right, they got questions. You guys might they get do you have 50, questions. 50, 60 games. They do have questions. And then uh, I guess I'll go with the Grizzlies. Like I had them in in seven originally, but you know when I look at it, um, I didn't know what to do with OKC and Minnesota. Those were my two teams that I'm just kind of back and forth on as far as like where they are in the hierarchy. If Minnesota gives the keys to Edwards, and everyone falls in line, it could be what Sacramento was. And then he performs. That's the thing. Is like it might be a situation where he's definitely the alpha, right? But he's not the alpha performer that they. Well, we saw. Well, we saw the the, the, the playing game against the Lakers. They went into overtime, and he went one. He went like one for his first thirteen in that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about like just the one game. It happens. Uh, but as far as it's that, like SGA, 
like it's the like last year he definitely rose as the alpha for the team mm-hmm. and for the conference. He was averaging over thirty points. He, him and him and Dame's numbers were comparable. Mm-hmm. Anthony yeah. Edwards is if you're gonna give him the team because because how fickle NBA franchises are. If he doesn't give you 30 and Cat gives you 22, it's going to be a problem because if he's giving you 24 and a half and then Cat's only giving you 19 and some change and after 30 games you're 13 and 17, that's when the trade starts going to talk because it's like if I'm putting you – if I'm making you the alpha, if I'm allowing you to be the focal point of his offense, Steph Curry – Steph Curry, granted, is his first year when MVP only averaged like 23 points. The next year was somewhere near 30. And pretty much since then, it's been somewhere in that range between 28 to 29 and a half, 30 points. Right. It's definitive. So if Clay only gives you 17 or 18, you're not looking to move Clay because he's only giving you 17 or 18 because you know he assists the guy that's giving you 30. But if the guy you have as your focal point is only giving you 23, 24 points, it's like, that's not enough, dog. I need you to, I need you to, I need you to, I need for you to be the thing that other, the player that other teams fear when they come in here. So my support guy can average 19, but every once in a while pop off at 28. Right. So that's, that's, that's the tough thing with Minnesota. All right, so last question before we get to our finals picks. How many teams truthfully can win the title? Four. I got three. I say I say four just I say four because I'm looking Boston, Milwaukee. Yep. And I got Denver. Those are my three. Denver, and I'm gonna sneak Dallas in. Okay, because Dallas has sneakily Luca. The Luca Kyrie combination Mm -hmm. can be a lot like that 2016 Cleveland, where Luca is definitively the guy, and Kyrie's like, oh. Watch me still go get my 23, 24 points easily. But that that's a mindset. That's that's a piece where it has to be clear. Luca's the guy. And Kyrie's like, you be the guy. Watch me work these dudes from the top of the key all the way to the rim, and I'm gonna get my 24 points, no problem. If that if that marriage can work, then I think it could carry on because who are you gonna because you you can't defensively you can't really do anything to Luca that's gonna make him uncomfortable because he's too mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. You can't trap him because you you're not if you trap him with a, a guy that's six eight, he's beating him off the dribble. And if you poke the bear, he will come get you. You know, ask Devin Booker about that. Yeah, exactly. That's why they were up seventy seven to twenty seven at halftime <laughs> in Game Seven. So if you if you trap him, he's so big he could pass over the top. And if Kyrie is like waiting on the ball when you go trap Luca, so now you gotta run a guy, Kyrie. Good luck. Hey, don't uh, 
Don't laugh at me. But you know, I like that Grant Williams pickup. You know, for like, Dallas. Think, yeah, I think that was a good pickup yeah. for them. You know, uh, I don't know what happened in Boston. Like he just got in. They didn't Missoula's want to pay him. Doghouse and yeah, Missoula's a top, terrible coach. I I, I think he has talent, <laughs> but I, I don't think he, I don't think he makes good adjustments. We talked about that in the games in the yes. in the games. He's got he, just, he just does what he does. Like I was, I think I was. Was I talking to you on the phone? And the score went from 71 to 56 to 72, 71 Miami. Oh, I guess Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, uh-huh. and we were on, I think we might have been, either we were on the phone or we were texting. And yeah, we, we might have been on the phone, but yeah. And, and then I, and I, and I looked, I was like, wait, hold up. I was like, what is the score? And I was like, and he hadn't called a timeout. He didn't do anything. Um, <coughs> I think Grant Williams. Going through being an NBA finals and being close to winning because being, being up to one dude that tried to stand up to Jimmy Butler. Don't do that no more. Leave <laughs> Devin Booker alone, leave KD alone, leave SGA alone, leave Dame alone when he comes to town. Hey, don't even say nothing to Josh Giddy. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. He will punch you in the face and then give you, give you 18 and 10 with nine assists. Uh, I like I like that move because most of the NBA's confidence, like I said, when we talk about we talk about the pregame shoot around, most of those guys are knocking those shots down because it's like I'm confident. Nobody here in front of me, I'm knocking these shots down. So I think Grant Williams was a confident player. Uh my finals, I mean, this is kind of chalk, but Denver Boston. I think that's a realistic opportunity, contrary to how I feel about you know Mike's coaching ability. <clears throat> um, I like Tatum Brown getting that much money. It might be tough if he tries to play up to his three hundred million dollar contract, and he does things out of character, or is he just? But he's a smart guy. We talked about his his academic and his immaturity. I mean, the fact that NASA tried to hire him when he was a 20-something-year-old, he definitely has a level of maturity that, you know, is beyond reproach. So hopefully it doesn't go to his head, nor does it go to Tatum's head as he's preparing himself for whenever his deal is due. If they can, if they can keep focus on that to where it's just basketball, and they haven't shown any signs of any immaturity, throughout their career as is. Whereas you think about a guy like John Morant, who's kind of just shown a handful of times that, you know, I might not be ready for this moment. Boston hasn't done that. And then Denver, I mean, Jokic couldn't be more bored. (coughs) They asked him how he felt about the summer. He was like, it didn't really feel like a summer because we had to play two and a half extra months. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he walked into to the arena like a long sleeve t shirt, some shorts, and hands in his pocket. And he was like, mm. So, yeah. I think he's unflappable. Um, so I, I like it, I like the matchup. Granted, the NBA is probably one of those organizations where you can just kind of pick because every round is a seven game series. Like eh, the the cream will rise at the top. So Denver, Boston, 
Boston pulls it out. Okay. Shout out I, to Boston. I got the same finals reverse result. You know, um, I think that I like Boston because because I know everybody, a lot of people's gonna probably jump on Milwaukee. But what I like about Boston is that they're built up the way that the new NBA is, you know, three and D, you know, um, anybody can handle the ball, you know, for the most part, you know, Drew Holiday, I think is an upgrade over Marcus Smart. You and I got into it a couple of months ago because I said that they should trade Marcus Smart. And like, you're like, no, they're fine. But I'm like, yeah, but if they could get Drew, I mean, I didn't say that at the time, but knowing that they could get Drew Holiday out of it, I was like, yeah, I take that every day. You yeah, know, because there were some numbers that I saw somewhere. Um, I can't remember the context of it, but he had better shooting numbers than Dame Lillard, you know, and he provides defense. He's probably the best on ball defender from the guard position in the league. You add that to Jason Tatum and Brown, you know, uh, playing defense on the wings. And I think that you just, it's going to be hard to score against Boston in clutch situations and you know like there's just going to be times during the course of games where they should be able to take out your best player now yeah denver has the continuity you know um obviously hopefully if they make it back to the finals michael porter jr doesn't play as bad as he did and this pump fake and lay it up pump fake yeah go to the rim he started so, doing that in game in games like four three and four maybe four and five Mm-hmm. Where he just because we were talking about it every recap, he was out there like, dog, you are wide open. You're not yeah. making anything. Just yeah. pump they can go to the rim. Yeah, like the Warriors, you know, this is their last chance, probably. Um, I just don't like the Chris Paul fit. Um, I think he slows them down too much. I think that Clay, we saw his legs get the best of him. You know, as we got deeper into the playoffs in that Lakers series last year, he shot 34%. So, so does Chris like, Paul allow Clay to come off the bench in the middle part of the game? Still start. Maybe, maybe. But that maybe, second but unit, I just don't I just he don't, sits I just, on the bench a little more. If, if this and, was Chris and Paul he plays 30 he plays 30 minutes a game versus if this was Chris Paul three years ago, then I'm on board. You know what I mean? But he's like our age now, you know. And then you got Draymond who can't pick up the slack if they're having an off game. You I don't know, know how um, someone goes from being a, a good shooter to a non-existent shooter <laughs> and then, without you know, any injury. He never hurt his shoulder or elbow or hand or anything. He just stopped shooting the ball. And then, of course, you know, what do we do with my guy Kaminga? You know, like, I like him a lot, but it doesn't seem like the Warriors do. Maybe he's not showing it in practice or something along those lines. But You run him with Chris Paul. You know, we'll see. You know, um, and, and, and Moody, you know, Moody's hit some shots over the years, but we'll have to see if he can take a step forward, you know. Um, you know, as far as Memphis goes, yeah, it's going to be tough. First 25 games without Ja Morant, you know, hopefully, you know, 16 and 9, maybe 17 and 8, you know, can get it done. And they would be the best case scenario. You know, 15 and 10 is probably more likely. Yeah. New Orleans is just going to have to show me because just as often as Zion's hurt, I feel like BI is hurt just as much. And yeah, I think the math and, works out to where you might be, you might be pretty much like 
the percentage wise games missed, I think you might be on. Yeah. Because that was the that was the argument that CJ McCullum when he was talking about guys not being willing to play with yeah when they're hurt. And I I thought it was a Zion shot. Other reports came out believing it was more of a shot at Brandon Ingram because Ingram didn't have anything serious. He right. just didn't want to play with a a toe. Or an you know, elbow. Or I also shoulder. wonder. Like, I also wonder if McCollum's going to be starting his decline here soon as well. You know, I mean, so. the one he started two years ago when he left. Portland. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Then, the loyal, then, the loyal uh, CJ McCollum's gone. As, as far as the East goes, you know, Cleveland. You know, I like Cleveland a lot. Hopefully, they find a way to get Evan Mobley the ball more. You know, but uh, either you know, I can see JB Biggerstaff. Bickerstaff being a coach of the year candidate, you know, um, if he didn't play in Cleveland or whatever, you know, maybe Donovan Mitchell could be a, you know, you know, in the MVP race, but you know, I, I just because, don't because he has another guy on the team that's pretty much his size and skill set that they need to get going. Most MVP candidates have they they are an anomaly in their own team. Yeah. Um, <coughs> The Knicks, you know, Julius Randle. That's all I gotta say about that. You know, knocking Julius Randle. I'm not knocking the man. I'm just saying what I look. Okay, moving on. No Julius Randle talk tonight. Uh, The Heat. You know what I mean? Um, They might find themselves down there around. In my eyes, they might find themselves down there around the play-in again. They lost Struess and Vincent. You know, uh, Haywood Smith's gonna have to pick up the slack, I guess. You know, Baltimore stand up. You know, um, <laughs> the Hawks, you know, I'm I'm curious if DeJounte Murray and Trey Young can coexist. That's a team that's going to probably be able to get some value for some trade pieces. Because for some reason, I think they, they believe. Got rid of Collins. <laughs> I think they believe that it, it won't work with Murray and Trey Young. I think they believe it won't work. I personally think it could work. Well, they got the coach. But I don't know if they believe management-wise that right, having broken right. will work. Yeah, I don't think deep. it will work either. But you know what I mean? But not because of anything with them. I just – I mean, it's, it's it just doesn't look right to me. Like, you know, like – because I think that Trey that's Young – Trey has the ball. And yeah, that's what it is. Shooter. Yeah. So if you look at and he's the, not a good shooter, he just hits shots, I guess. Yeah. But. If you looked at the the Steph Clay the the years before they went on their run with all these finals appearances, like what six and eight years, yeah. something along those lines. Uh-huh. They were that combination, but what they were able to do and what worked for them was having a guy like Draymond. Because you don't need a point guard to deliberately every single possession initiate the off- offense if you have two guys that can move off the ball. Right. If the Hawks had a player like that, not necessarily Draymond in himself, but like a player that can every once in a while take the ball, six, seven, eight possessions in a row, take the ball out of either one of their hands and make it move. Because if you get it to Trey, you know he's capable of it. Right. But if you get it to him off a little pin down screen, and he's like, I don't need to dribble this ball. I can just shoot this wide open shot. And if I don't have it, 
then you get Murray of the same kind of, you know, the Jonathan of the same kind of action. Um, but yeah, once I'm, again, there has to be a coaching player personality balance. And, and I've been waiting for DeAndre Hunter to take a step forward, but he might know, just need to go out there and play defensive rebound. Like yeah, some, or he might, they, or he might, yeah, he might need a change of scenery because they do no. have they do have AJ Griffin, you know, who I like a lot. You can get Dennis Rodman's. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet, but pretty sure he has enough. He has enough people who are in the Hall of Fame that will argue for him to join. He them. should be like we old enough for Sim- him to have a son in college. <laughs> simply, yeah, simply off of the strength that he just played. Like you can play good defensive rebound and get the your worm. points. The worm, the worm, doesn't even make yeah. any sense. I know, but yeah. So like <laughs> certain, certain teams is it's just a matter of you have like Shumpert, like I'm uh, my Shepherd said something on his podcast. I believe it was like Ha Ha Diaz asked him something like, yo, you think you can still hoop? And he was like, yeah, I can still hoop. But he's like, it's going to take me like a year to get it together because I'm not training. But he's like, I'm not training because I don't have to guard the top, one of the top 400 players on the world every single night. He's like, right. these guys in the NBA are top 400. He's like, yeah, I can hoop. But if I don't have to guard D. Lillard or Luca in the morning, I don't have to go that hard when I'm doing my pickup games at night. He's like, I like right. to take my shirt off and it still look good. That's it. But these guys are the top 400 players. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, GMs and owners and coaches, they treat it as if they are just lacking in talent. I'm like, yo, you, you're you not going to get that much different of a talent. You're not going to trade player 310 for player three. Right. But if you collectively put your team together, you're like, yeah, we have this many people out of the best. We had 17 people out of the best 400 players on earth. We should be able to make something work. How did Victor look last night, though? Oh, he looked good. He was out there nutmegging. You know, uh, he was blocking shots he didn't even mean to block or wasn't even looking at the ball. Just you know, turn around, he, throw his arm up. Yeah, you know he hit he hit a pull up three or two. You know, um, Devin Vassell was the star. You know he had twenty five first half points. Um, you know, like I mentioned, our men didn't look so great. Cam Whitmore, you know, looks like he's gonna be like out of the rookies on that team. He's gonna be the scorer. Uh, Jabari Smith looks like he's ready to take that next step. You know, um, I, I, I wanted to see. I wanted to see more out of Shagoon, but you know, I didn't get anything out of him that I wanted. Uh Jock Landale hit a be able to get a move. They're gonna be able to make a move at the yes. trade deadline. That's what I'm saying. I got them making if, the play in. I think they're gonna if they're close. If they're, they're close, if they are close, I'm we, we, we were thinking 50 games by the all-star break. Yeah. If they are 28 and 22 or 22, or, yeah, yeah. 25 uh, and 20, 26 and 24, somewhere in that range. I think they can, they can make a, they can make a move. And, yeah, I, can't, and really I couldn't really get a good there. gauge. I couldn't really get a good gauge because Van Vliet and Brooks didn't play. So um, I couldn't really get a good gauge, but they have talent. I think they need somebody that can mix the pot, if you will, you know, um, but, but I like, I think, Ime, you know, his calling card is defense. So that's part of the reason why I think they'll be better just because of the long arms 
you know, um, you know, that, that's gonna be a surprise. That's gonna be a surprise team. I think. Yeah. It might be a blessing to disguise that Porter, um, unfortunately, put himself in a situation where he's going to yeah, be Yeah, there there's a not enough bit. basketball for all that because, I mean, Oladipo's coming off another injury, so I don't know how much he's going to play. I think that's going to be a that's going to be a way situation, like an hour yeah. for John Wall sit on the bench yeah. to cut the check situation. Buy you out, yeah. Because I think they're only paying nine, they're paying some like nineteen million a Porter out of that deal. No, I think Oklahoma City might be paying that. Yeah, Oklahoma. Million. Yeah, Oklahoma City's paying it. Because they, I think Houston probably took on whatever Oladipo's money left. So I think, I mean, it's unfortunate that the event that occurred with the domestic abuse for him and his family, and you know, for the young woman that he assaulted. For you know now this become like a public legal battle because of the position and the stature that you have as as an athlete, both of them, you know, being professional athletes, uh, but it might work out for Houston because now they they might be able to showcase Jabari, right. right. Jalen, Dylan Brooks might be able to get three or four threes up. Uh, Vlan Fleet might be able to show he's the leader, and then maybe Jalen Green can can play all for of that. And then you just kind of look around like, you know what? It might be like the remember the Portland Trailblazers that had like a starting lineup on the bench. Mm-hmm. Like Rasheed Wallace, Stoudemire, Josh Strickland, mm-hmm. all these guys, Bonzi Wells on the bench. It might be one of those situations like, yeah, we got we have an embarrassment of riches over here. Let's make yeah. a move. Let's see, see who's going to answer the phone. Yeah. You know what? LA is going to answer the phone. If, yeah. if if it's close, the Lakers are going to answer the phone. I don't know what hey. Pal- you know, Palenka is talking about. but You're not calling James Harden. Team. I'll tell you that, though. You they don't. Where you gonna put them? You don't. I don't know. You know. So. You know, but I'm I'm, another player in thirteen. <laughs> Let it be you know, known. I'm excited. You know, like the season gets underway. I believe it's Tuesday. You know. Um, you know TNT doubleheader and all that. You know. So like, I so am we'll definitely be on live then. You know. Uh, Whatever day the twenty fourth is, I don't got a calendar in front of me. Tuesday, yes, yeah, Tuesday. yeah. So yeah, so Tuesday, Lakers Nuggets, and then you know Suns and Warriors. So we'll get an early look at those Suns that you're talking about. You know, see them up against the former champs. The Evil Empire is over. Nuggets one hundred six, Lakers eighty four. I'm with it. You know, I'm with it. You know, saying bring the content, baby. You know, Those saying that's what. 112 Phoenix 99. All right. Hopefully not two blowouts, but you know, we'll see. You know, but uh it'll be a late pull away. It'll 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 definitely give us the content because that's what we do. We bring you the content, you know. Thank you for 100%. all the support. Thank you for all the love. You know, like, review, subscribe. Let your grandma know that I'm in that throwback that I make a glance. You know what I'm saying? I'm young enough to know to do better, but I'm old enough to not give up, you know. So <laughs> I'll back. You know, I am two five. He is the one and Mr. only. Logical. Mr. Logical. Number we will one. be back next week. So you know what to do. Show love, and we're gonna give you love. Peace. <laughs>